And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to Flashback Fridays. I'm your host, David K. Montoya. Zoe Montoya. Hi, Zoe Montoya. <laughs> Zoe twisted my arm and demanded that she come in and sit down and enjoy three hours of audio entertainment right here on Flashback Fridays. And of course, I only can say yes. So are you ready? Yeah. All right, let's stop in and let's begin. All right, hey, before we get started, question. Do you like Christmas? Yep. What's your favorite part about Christmas? Um, the presents and the, I like the Christmas tree because it's like all decorated. What do you like getting for presents? Toys. Oh, you like toys. Ah. How about this episode, since it's almost Christmas time, Mm -hmm. let's do three Christmas themed shows this week. Okay. Sound good? Yep. All right. All right. So let's go ahead and pull. I'm pulling an episode right here, and I'll have Zoe start us off. Okay. When in Burbank, number five. Okay. When in Burbank, number five. Let's see what that says here. That is... Originally released, ah, there you go, December 25th, 2012, which was Christmas. It says, Sadie and Dave gather for Christmas Day, and they reflect on the future and life all together. An update on Twinkies, Christmas shopping, and favorite holiday movies. So, go ahead, sit back, relax, enjoy Win and Burbank number 5. Merry Christmas. You ready? Yeah. All right, let's push play. Welcome to Winna Burbank. I'm David K. Montoya. And I'm S. Sadie Burbank. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. And Merry Christmas to you listeners. Today, of course, December 25th. Uh, 2012. That means we lived through it. Yes. <laughs> yes. If you're hearing this podcast, uh, so sorry about the Mayan promise. Didn't happen. <laughs> if you're not hearing it, they were right. <laughs> and I want to go and, and say my sincere condolences to George Lucas because, you know, he was a, a big believer. Oh, yeah? Yes. In fact, he, out of that, a few episodes we were talking about how he got, he sold his company for $4.4 yeah, billion. Yeah, right, right. He was such a... Why? If he thought he was going to... I'm sorry, but that's so absurd. Well, he... I'm going to die in a month, but sell me this... <laughs> buy me this company from me for four billion bucks anyway. Well, here's the interesting... <sighs> okay. okay, so $4.4 <laughs> billion is $4 billion, $400 million. Yeah, that's like a lot. He donated the $4 billion. Did he? Yes. Cool. To the Mayans? I don't... <laughs> 
I'm so sick. I'm sorry. And he kept the four hundred million. And I was checking online just a little while ago. Must be a hell of a tax break in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how how much are you on like Star Wars? How much am I on it? Yeah. How much do you know about Star Wars? Uh, when the first Star Wars came out, I saw it in the back of a friend's van. Ernie and I were sitting in in lawn chairs in the back of this friend's van when we were and we were that the friend was our boss actually uh, when we were managing the KOA in Santa Cruz and we both fell asleep in the movie. <laughs> I have seen it since then and enjoyed it. I like uh, the. I'm not sure which one it is where they go speeding through the forest on those speedmobile thingies. Those are cool. I like that. And I love Ewoks. Ewoks are my fave. I even have a a little stuffed Ewok. I really like Ewoks. So if I throw out a term like Millennium Falcon, do you know what that is? Mm, I know what Millennium is and I know what a Falcon is. Put the two together, they (laughs) spell... No. Okay, uh, Harrison Ford in the movie he flies the ship called the Millennium Falcon. Ah, there you go. Online, there has been speculation that he has taken he uh, George Lucas really did not donate the four billion dollars, <gasps> but he's taken that money to build a realistic. And I know you folks can't see it, but I'm, I'm quoting with my fingers: realistic uh, Millennium Falcon. So. What's he going to fly away before the 22nd or whenever it is we're supposed to... What? Yeah. Why? He's building a... Excuse me. Did I hear you right? He's taking $4 billion to build a real Millennium Falcon? Yes. What is he going to do with it? He can go zoom, zoom. Away? Yeah. Well, geez, George, it's been nice. <laughs> I hope he's done everything for the world here that he planned to because uh, that sounds like a one-way ticket to me. Maybe not, though. I mean, look at the shuttle. The shuttle came and went and went and came and like that. Well, it, it, where's he going to go? I don't know. I really don't know. Just up and around and back? Or is he going to try to go somewhere? I, I think he's just going to like hang out there until he can come back in. And say he did. Maybe he'll charge and take friends or people with well, money. If he really did do this, mm-hmm. and now he realizes that we're still alive, mm-hmm. he's going to have to get some of that money back. <laughs> well, yeah, who's he, who's, who did he give the money to to build the, the Millennium Falcon? Anyway. They, online. And how the, the hell does he call that a donation? I don't know. Okay. But, uh, online, this anyway. is all speculation. Oh, okay. Online. Sorry, George, if we're misquoting you all over the place, <laughs> which we probably are. Anyway, online. Online, I was reading what initially set it off was uh, Seth Rogen, who is one mm-hmm. of my favorite comedians and actors. He was he did an interview with Entertainment Weekly, and he said that he got to meet Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, that they were all at a party. And he was talking to Steven Spielberg. They were just talking, you know, movies and business and whatnot. Oh, what and, fun. <laughs> and then he turned his attention to George Lucas. Mm. And George Lucas was pretty much telling him, you know, we're fucked. We're all going to die here in a few months. And so that's where the story comes out. It actually comes from Seth Rogen through Entertainment Weekly. 
So oh, that okay. that point. Well, did is Seth real. make my point too? Like, if he if George really believes that the Mayan thing is real, and we're doomed, etc. What's with spending money to make a plane he can't use now, later? What? I'm so confused by this. Well, Seth, his comment was that Steven Spielberg would intermittently stop George Lucas and say, I'm sorry, my friend's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Say to Seth about George? Yes. Well... Either that or on some powerful medication of some sort. But, hey, again, George, if I'm speaking out of turn, just chalk it up to me being an asshole and let it go. That's cool. Um, Okay, so he's... Well, we'll know then, won't we, today, being Christmas Day, uh, we'll know whether George is (laughs) building or not. (laughs) I guess... (laughs) We'll find out. You know, if he was right, that's it's kind of like being Superman. You can't tell anybody, right? <laughs> it's like George can't come back and say, ha, 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 I was right, because we'll all be gone. Him too. So there you go. Right. <clears throat> I don't, uh, I really don't even understand much about the Mayan thing, except somehow somebody said something about their calendar said that this, you know, the calendar only went this far. And so that means that we're all going to... Wow, isn't it possible they just didn't bother to make the calendar go any farther? <laughs> they probably figured, oh, well, that's far enough for now. It's like, how many calendars do you print years ahead? Right. One, you know, one for 2013. I have 17 2013 calendars now, free ones, right, in my kitchen. 17. Wow. Well, a lot. 17 could be an, uh, an exaggeration, but I have several, okay? MythWorks isn't doing one this year. Oh, well, then good. There's one I won't have, but I have National Wildlife, Worldwide Wildlife. I mean, I got a lot of wildlife. Uh, Terry, you'd be proud of me. I support the wildlife of the world. <laughs> um, I don't know. People send me calendars all the time free ones and they're pretty you know pictures otters and pandas and shit so <clears throat> i can't i can't there must be more to the mayan thing than they just didn't make their calendar go any further than this date if if that's all it is whose idea was it that that meant that the world was going to come to an end on that date well that and it was it's made out of stone maybe they just got tired <laughs> of dealing with the thing the old saying of it's not cast in stone doesn't apply to them. It was cast <laughs> in stone, therefore, by God. No, I, it, uh, is that all there is to it? Is the calendar didn't go any further, so that means we're dying? Is yeah, that right, it? That's, that's pretty much Well, that's pretty fucked. I mean, how can, how can any, that's absurd. How can anyone look at a stone calendar that goes from when those people that made it were there up to a given date and time in the future and say, oh, it must mean the world's coming to an end on that date because the calendar goes that far. That's absurd. Well, the thing also that gets me the most is, well, let me pause real fast. Folks, I apologize. Um, Oh, yeah, the dog. (laughs) I kicked the dog outside, so you're going to hear him barking. Uh, I apologize for that. Yeah, we are home, folks. It is Christmas, okay? (laughs) And he wants more turkey. Okay, so back to the mind calendar thing. Yeah. You also have to think about this. How many times have we changed our calendar system? 
Because right now we're using the Gregorian yeah, calendar right, system. Yeah, right, right, right. We played around with it. Okay, mm-hmm. so you jump 2,013 years in the past. Mm-hmm. They're not using our Mm-mm. system. No. Now, if you actually go and put put it together, I think I think the the actual Mayan calendar. If you you not use the Gregorian, but you use the one previous to that, and I can't remember the name of it. Off the top I of my can't head. either. It happened in 2010. If you use the previous calendar, you know the way we used to yeah. Use the calendar. Yeah. So. Technically, a hundred thousand billion years ago. Well, that's too many. Okay, seventy-five million years ago, people weren't using calendars. No, and they were walking and and presumably talking of in some way or other. They were alive, you know. And we continue to. And I'm I'm sorry, but for me, if that's all there is to it, that the calendar just didn't get. I mean, maybe they ran out of rock for crying out loud. It, it just, it's absurd if that's all. Now, they didn't print anything with it, you know, no hieroglyphics or whatever they are to say, mm, world yeah. coming to end, <laughs> big bad boo-boo. No, it just stops. Big bada-boom, nothing, huh? No. Well, I'm sorry, but George, I've, I've done lots of drugs in my day, okay? I admit that. I don't think I ever did anything that took me that far. So, and I and I think I'm glad, but uh, and I'm not saying you have or are. I'm just saying um, that's a real stretch. Yeah, a real big stretch. And this, what does those guys come around all the time? This, I don't want to be. I don't want to categorize. And, and I'll do it for you, the Jehovah's Witness. No, I wasn't going to say those. I was going to say the snake <laughs> handlers. <laughs> but but there are some... My daddy was a preacher. Keep that in mind. Yes. All right? I hold them high in high regard. But there are some who have told us very recently in the past... You know, the end of the world is coming. And, it's, you know, you see it in cartoons and shit all the time. You know, the end of the world's coming. Some guy with a beard standing there holding up a sign. Right. Um, <clears throat> but recently, in the last, what, two years, there have been people saying, you know, on so-and-so date, you know, and get your shit together because <clears throat> God's coming and you're dead. Oh, that, that one reverend guy that right, said the, right. the rapture and, was going to happen. Yeah, and then it didn't. And he, and, well, um, I must have <laughs> miscalculated. No shit, you miscalculated. Or it wasn't going to happen to start with. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think we're stretching to... I think we're stretching to kind of... To do something that doesn't need to be done. If, if, if you live in the moment... If you live the moment you're in... To the very best you can... The next breath you take could be that uh, uh, your last anyway. Right. So why do you want to rush it? Why, well, why do you want to predict it? Why do you want to? Why do you want to even go there? I, I, you know, of course, I'm 72, so I never know. You know, I'm I may stand up and kill over in your living room here. I. Uh, 
okay, here's 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 kind of what I'm talking about. We were watching a thing on television yesterday. It was a rerun. It was a I recorded it about genetic testing, okay. and it was an if if do you want to or do you not want to know if you have a f- disease of some type or other and or a fatal disease or do you want to know how you're going how long you're going to live and this this um this scientist for one of a more definitive term was saying that he believes that within like 20 or 30 years this is going to be as commonplace as checking your blood pressure that they will do these these um scans or whatever to test to see if you have the chromosomes or the gene pool that's going to put you in the big C category or not, you right. know, or the terminal C category or not, or whatever. He says everybody's going to be doing it. Right now it's a do you want to kind of thing. So the the question they put to people was, do you want to know? Well, uh, you know, a couple people did for various legitimate reasons. You know, one lady wanted to know if she had, um, uh, I think it was ALS because her mother did. Mm. Um Another one was a lady that had a cancer. She wanted to know if it was going to be type 1 or type 2. Type 1 was, you're going to probably be okay. Type 2 was, you're sure not. That kind of thing. Right. And since she already had it, she kind of wanted to know. So I can kind of get that, okay? But but they were they were taking it a step farther and saying, if there was, which apparently right now there is not, so don't rush out and have somebody try to give you this test. But if there was a test that could tell you your lifespan, not necessarily how you would die, but within, I guess, months or year, anyhow, or less, uh, when you would die, would you want to have that test taken? And I think it was something like 68% no. And the rest, yes, whatever that is, 60, what's it, 43, 30, I don't know. 42. You, thank you. Do the math. No, 32, isn't it? 32, 68, 60, 32. 8. <laughs> yeah, see? Ah, I got better math than you did. Okay, anyway, the, the whole point that I got from that was, or while we were watching it, you know, Ernie and I were saying, well, do, you know, would you? And both of us were like, no, man. I personally would not function as well, <clears throat> I don't think, with that sort of hanging over my head. Right. Um, it's hard enough anyhow at my age because it is hanging over my head. I know I'm not going to be here in 20 years. I know I'm probably not going to be here in 15 years. I'm thinking I'll be goddamn lucky if I'm here in 10 years. So, and that's sick when you think about it because 10 years is not that much time. No. I've known you 10 years. Yeah. And when I think of me having to be gone from this world in 10 years, I'm like, no, damn it, I'm not ready. I don't want to go, you know. Well, nobody wants to go. Well, that's not true. Nobody I know wants to go. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So um, I would not want to know the end was coming. Right. So I I find it hard to... um, relate to people like George Lucas who seem happy knowing. Obsessed almost. Yeah, well, or not. I mean, just he's delighted to know the end is coming. Um, I don't know why. 
I don't know. What, what, what more would he be doing with it, or less would he be doing with his life if he didn't see what he sees as an end to life as we know it coming? What, how, do, how has it changed him to know that or to believe that? Has it changed him? You know? Right. I, I really, from him, I'd like to hear what difference did it make to him to believe the end is coming this month. I I would personally like to hear that too because I mean he's not a dummy. Obviously, he, no, he graduated from USC. He's with, got way you know, more buckage than I've got, and you don't get buckage like that being stupid. Right. That's for damn sure. So I, yeah, I agree. I wonder what 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 different. Essentially, what I'm saying is, what difference does it make? Right. You know, to me, it doesn't make any difference. I mean, really. Yeah, I don't want to go. Yeah, I'd really rather not go this month, okay? Because, like, I have plans for the time period after. As a matter of fact, what date is it supposed to be? The 22nd? 21st. The 21st. I have plans for the 22nd. Big plans, okay? And for all you perverts out there, I'm not going to tell you what they are. But, so they won't come and try to find me. Right, right, right. I got you. <laughs> okay. But I have plans, I'm going to be really pissed if I don't get to carry those plans out. Well, I'm booked all the way until February. There you go. So, you know, in 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 one way, that 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 knowledge, if I believed it, would have affected me that far. Anyhow, I wouldn't have made the deposit on the hotel, or I wouldn't have, you know, bought the tickets or anything like that. But. Um, in my soul, what difference would it make to me? To me, I don't think it would make any difference. I'm, I'm still trying to to breathe in and out every minute the right way. Right. Live life as you can, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, keep my, my, my brain focused, keep my soul searching, let the input continue. I'm not sure what else I would do. If I, if I, honest to God, believed that, look, 12, 14 days from now, it's all adios MF. I don't know what I would, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how I would live any differently. I might try to get Ernie to quit his job real fast so he could go to Yosemite one more time or something like that. Silly. But, you know, I, it's, I don't know. It's kind of, it's hard to grasp. It really is. Yeah. And, and as far as the test wise, I would not take the test. I would not because of yeah. my luck. They would go, <laughs> okay. So what's going on? When do I get? To, you know, how far am I going to live? And they're like, well, you're fucked. You got 20 minutes to live. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> According to our calendar, you're done an hour ago. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, I know. I I kind of have that. That's I, I. That's sort of a little. Uh, what do they call that? Um, oh hell, what's the word for that? Superstition. Yes. Uh, I kind of have that kind of, yeah. You know, it's like in that movie, uh, The Good Earth. I love that movie, even though it's so racially unbalanced in terms of the actors in it and so forth. But um, The Good Earth is, it's an old, old movie, (laughs) old movie. Um, Louise Rayner plays this Chinese lady. And uh, it's really the story of her 
adult life. And um, in one part of it, she and her husband are talking about their baby, their newborn son, well, not newborn, but young son. Right. And um, how happy they are with their lives and how happy they were to go and show the, the baby off to some people and, and how how cool he looked in his little red outfit and crap like that. This is in ancient times, okay? This this movie's old, but on top of that, it's talking about way, 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 way old China, right. all right? <clears throat> so anyhow, they're talking about what a beautiful baby he is and everything, and all of a sudden, the man goes, he's looking up at the sky, and he goes, no, no, the... This baby's a very, very ugly baby, and he, and he, and and not not a good baby at all. In fact, it's a girl. It's not even a boy, which of course in those days was not a good thing. Yeah. You know, toss the girl, save the boys, right? And the mom, the woman goes, "Oh yeah, even he's pockmarked and everything." And, and they and they were doing this and looking up at the sky. They were trying to convince the gods that the baby wasn't anything special. So. He wouldn't get taken, mm. or nothing bad would happen to him. They didn't the the, and it's sort of a precursor to the don't be, uh, don't be a braggart concept. Right. Um, you know where, in 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 their superstition, it was a matter of God getting even with them for being too happy. Right. You know, uh, which is. A totally messed up attitude to start with, but that's the way they were. Um, so, so they were trying to make it look like the baby was undesirable, so God wouldn't, you know. I forget why I got off on that tangent. It was something about what you had said about your luck being such that if you were tested, they'd say... Right. You know, you're, you're screwed. Well, speaking of screwed, <laughs> um, we've, we talked about this, and, and when I read it, I just I died laughing. I said, oh, I've, I've got to tell Sadie about this. We've talked about the hostess. Yeah, oh yeah, hostess, heaven. Well, <laughs> interesting enough, the way that they're set, their intellectual properties, is they hold... The trademarks to these intellectual properties, mm-hmm. and they license them out to like Canada. So Hostess doesn't even make Twinkies in Canada, right? I don't know. I guess because not. it's another company, but, but they they've, could. They've leased that trademark out to this Canadian company, so they could be making them in Canada, right? So you have intellectual property. Uh-huh. Guess who has put in a bid to buy the intellectual property of Hostess? Little Debbie. You got it. Of course. Who else? Little Debbie has put in a bid to to purchase the intellect. Not not purchase Hostess. They no. don't want the company. No, they just they want, want the name. They they want Twinkies, Ho Hos, and and all that stuff. And Ding Dongs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but then okay, mm-hmm. are they going to get? Do they do they get anything but the name? Do no, they get the recipes? They get the recipe. Oh, yeah. they do. Okay, because yeah. I was going to say nothing against Little Debbie, but I haven't eaten a Little Debbie version of a Twinkie, so I don't know if it would if it would come up to the terrific standards of Twinkie. You know, I mean, let's face it. There's Twinkies and there's Twinkies. Right. 
And I don't want no hate mail for what I'm about to say, but <laughs> I've had Little Debbie's uh, knockoff of Twinkies. Oh, have you? Okay, see, and, I haven't. And, and it's just that. It's a knockoff it's, of yeah, it's a not, Well, I would assume that to be the case because, you know, it's like my mom used to do that all the time. She'd go to a restaurant and then she'd come home and try to make what she tasted at the restaurant, you know. And sometimes she got pretty close and sometimes she was so not. Um, you know. But I, I find it so interesting because... For me as a kid, growing up, Little Debbie's was like the brown bag special. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you had these kids, and I'm, I'll use Twinkie because that's most known. You know, you, you could look and see that these kids had Twinkies for lunch. And, you yeah. know, I'm talking elementary school. Yeah. I would have, like, a Little Debbie knockoff. Yeah. You know, so I was kind of looked down upon because I couldn't afford... <laughs> You know, the, the real hostess. Yes. But the irony of the brown bag special company is now in the process. Well, they're not in the process. They put out a bid on yeah, the table yeah. to purchase that would be, the that's, property. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. So I haven't talked to you at all this week. No. Have you been up to anything? Yes. Well, we went shopping. Christmas shopping. That was fun. We went down to the gardens. Victoria Gardens. Uh huh. Watched the snowfall. Sat in the yard house in their, uh, what do they call that when you eat out in the patio thing? There's a word for it. Alfresco, alfra. Anyhow, it was out in the patio thing. Um, do you want to explain what Victor- Victoria Gardens okay, is? Okay, Victoria Gardens is, a, is an outdoor mall, for want of a more accurate term. Right, that's. Uh, and they have um, a little town center, so to speak. Uh, and the Christmas tree is there. And little kiosks are there selling cute bracelets and earmuffs and, you know, stuff kiosks in mall sells. Right. And then they have a little train that runs around. They have trolleys that run around because it's a huge mall uh, in terms of actually walking it. It's significant. Um, and the yard house, which... For those of you who do not know what a yard house is, it is a uh, really upper class type brew pub. Right. Okay. Um, with some really good brew. And so we sat there after we did our shopping. We sat out in the little patio thing. And I had, uh, what the heck is it called? Moose drool. Moose drool. Moose drool. I can't remember if it says Montana moose drool or not. I think it does. But it's called moose drool. And it's like uh, 5.6% beer. It was really good. Um, and then Ernie had um, Harper's, I think it was Harper's something. And it was 6 point something percent. Anyhow, you both were two of them, and we could see snow before the snow started falling. Uh, but they did; they they did the snow thing, which was cool. He took pictures, and I went, "Ooh, ah!" It was it was great. It was fun. Uh, I missed the snow. I grew up in Washington State. We had snow, especially in Spokane. We had lots of snow, and I miss it terribly. And at Christmas time, especially, I, not so much the rest of the winter, but I I love the snow love to see it snow and don't not too wild about going out in the snow <laughs> but but i do like to watch it snow um and so i got to watch it snow 
for about eight minutes. It snowed, and then it turned off, and then we had our dinner and finished our shopping and came home. That was that was that was fun. That was it was really cool. It was one of the nicest dates we've had in a long, long time. It was it was. That's cool. That sounds cool. It was. It was nice. Um, what else have I done? Um, hung some new curtains in the living room. Really exciting stuff. <laughs> um, I had put out a request, I think it was two times ago, that if anybody knew what those three-part picture things are for faces, to let me know I have not heard from anybody yet about that. Um, I even saw one on another show on television the other day, and I told her, I said, there, see, that's the thing. I need that thing. He was laughing at me. He thinks it's really funny. He doesn't think they exist. He thinks they're props for TV shows. He may be right. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. It was uh, This one was in um, um, Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy, Another 48 Hours. Oh, okay. Okay, that's so if classic. you know that movie... And Nick, Nick Nolte is sitting in a, either a coffee shop or a bar out in the middle of nowhere. It's just before he gets attacked by the bikers. Um, and he's sitting um, at this bar or counter, and he's going through one of these books trying to piece together the look of a guy he saw at uh, a murder scene. I wonder if I can get my hands a whole... Get my hands on the script. You know, the script for another 48 hours. Oh, maybe they would name, the, name yes. the prop. Yeah, that's a thought. Where in the world would you get your hands on that? Friend of she a asked. friend of a friend. Uh, <laughs> isn't it nice to be connected? Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Or if, if anybody in the movie business knows, please tell me. Okay, just, just you know, in the comment thing on, on the podcast page. Just put, just type it in there. You don't even have to say hi. It's me. I'm Sam or whoever. Just say it is called, and then I'll know what it is. Okay, <laughs> and then I'll know. Well, I won't know where I can buy one, but at least I'll know how to Google the dang thing because I I've Googled every concept around it that I can think of, and I haven't gotten anywhere. <clears throat> so. So I'll I'll see if I can get my hands on the script. Okay. And, and so see. the reason I even mentioned that is because I've come to a stalemate as far as working on convict is concerned because we still have this issue of the description of my main characters. Right. How far do I have to carry that? And if I have to carry it as far as you and I had originally been talking, then I really need one of those things. Right. Okay, because there's no way I can say, well, his forehead was this, and his nose was that, and his mouth was that, and have any idea, and his chin was this and that, have any idea what I've just drawn verbally, you know? And if I've got an artist who's sitting there drawing that at the same time, he's going to look at what he drew, and he's going to go, that sucks. <laughs> Are you sure that's what you meant to say? You know, so there I am, kind of stuck there. What is anybody else doing who who writes graphic novels? Are they doing this that detailed? Um, for me, the last comic book I did was the Sergeant Iron comic book. Yeah. In, in detail with him, I said he was, let's see, how did I put it? Uh, middle age, 40 to 45 Thin, long face, had a Fu Manchu, long white hair, high receding hairline, um, 
Well, that kind of stuff I can do. But if I have to get real detailed about whether the nose was pointy or perky or narrow or fat or nostrils were up or down, you know, then we're getting... I'm not patient enough to do something. Well, I'm not patient enough to do it either. But if it has to be done, I will find the patience to do it. I'm very determined person as you know and if it's if that's what's required if that's what an illustrator needs from me i'll find a way to give it to him i think at this point you know if if it was if it would alter the look that you see in your head mm-hmm. you know whether what type of nose it was mm-hmm. it, then if if see how do i explain this if it doesn't matter what kind of nose then I just leave it out. But if it's yeah. something prominent, significant about it, yeah, I would okay. leave it in. I get that. I get that because I sort of see what they look like. But then when I when I if if you talk to an officer of the law, they will tell you that the hardest thing for someone to do is to give you a a detailed description of a perp, right. okay, that they saw in action. You know, they can say, well, you know, and you hear it all the time on the news. Uh, the police are looking for a short, fat, I won't say it, but, <laughs> okay, you, you know, and you, you get, you know, how many of us are short and fat? Lots. So can we be more specific? Well, I think he had brown hair. <laughs> And brown eyes. Oh, that helps a lot. Yeah. And his skin was kind of brown, but no, well, not really brown. Kind of tan. Well, not really, you know. Right. So, so, and they, and they have to, they have to try to find somebody based on something like that. So if an illustrator is trying to, you know, draw a picture of, which is why I think they came out with these Three-part books, because right. then you don't have to say, you know, but at, at the same time, that's such a bad idea, too, because, you know, you might think he had a certain hairline, for example. Right. And I don't know why I say he, she, the person, had a certain hairline. But then if you start looking at hairlines, you're going to look at about six of them, and then you're going to go, I don't really remember exactly what the hairline was. <laughs> like. Okay, I think it was that one, you know, so... God only knows how many of those illustrated descriptions of perpetrators actually turn out to look like, you know, I've seen a few, and I'm sure you have too on television when they hold up the picture. This is what the so-and-so said he was going to look like, and this is the guy. And you look at it and you go, ah, okay. (laughs) If I was really, really drunk, yeah, maybe. Well, that actually happened just recently. The the firefighter that got beat to a pulp at the the baseball game yes 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 the original suspect that they they uh detained yes they put his picture up his mugshot and they yeah. put the the rendering i'm like wow you know that, that was, was really like close right on it yeah but then the person that actually got arrested for it yeah wasn't this oh way 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 there you go so i hope that guy's doing well by the way last i heard he was but, yeah, I don't know. So, anyhow, I'm sort of at a stalemate. And to be very honest with you, I'm probably not going to pick it up until after the 1st of January, anyhow, now. because Because it's holidays, and I got presents to wrap, and Santa Claus lap to sit on, and, you know, stuff Egg like that. Eggnog and drink. And... Oh, wait, I forgot. That's all done. The presents are open. <laughs> Santa Claus is back up at the North Pole. 
sitting on Mrs. Claus's lap. So then I don't have that to do. But I still have New Year's Eve. I was going to say New Year's. Yeah. New Year's Eve to go through. That's next week. And aren't I glad I won't be doing that in Vegas? Woo! Mama, have you ever been to Vegas for a major holiday? Mm. Like Thanksgiving or New Year's? Specifically? No, usually it, oh. it's Mm-mm. here. Baby, no way, Jose. Uh-uh. No, to way, way, way too many people in one place. I, I was going to say, I'm not a big fan Mm-mm. of Me super crowds. Me either. Plus, you have to hang on to everything like really close to you because somebody's going to be grabbing your ass, pulling your wallet at any minute, you know, or whatever they're going to grab your ass for. No, I, I'm not. I'm not into that. But a lot of people are, and they love it, you know. I told you one time, I think, about what we used to do when we managed the KOA out in Yermo. I don't. We used to sit. We'd get our lawn chairs and sit out in the front of the campground and, and just sit and watch the cars stopped stopped on the 15 southbound trying to go home. <laughs> That's what you just said the, back the, much. The, the go home day uh-huh. after Thanksgiving. Not so much New Year's or Christmas, but Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is incredible in Vegas. And I mean, literally, we used to sit there and say, God, I wish I had a porta potty and a bunch of soda pop and some sandwiches. I could go out there on the street and make a fortune. You know? I mean, they were literally stopped. Car stopped, kids out, walking around, nobody going anywhere. Yeah, I've, I've been... Ugly, 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 ugly. So, no, I, I, there's no way in God's green that I would go there. Even if I didn't have to come home with the, all the other go-homes. Right. Even if I could stay there for another week after or something like that. No, it's just I'm not a, that much of a people person. I love to look at people, love to... But no, mm and I, I think for me, the only time I've ever been in, in that type of situation is when I went to uh, the San Diego Comic Con. Oh, yeah. Major quantities of people. And uh, that was 125,000 people yeah, there in one day. That's a bunch. In that small space. That's right. a bunch. That's a bunch. And so that would actually be considered smaller than what would be expected to be in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Oh, by a lot. Yeah. But still... I don't. When we were driving down the 15 to go to Victoria Gardens, you know, and we go past the Bass Pro Shops, you know, and, and the I mean, it was a sea of cars. And Ernie's going, "What's what the hell? Where where'd all these people come from?" And I said, "Honey, it's Saturday. You know, welcome to Saturday off because you know he used to be off in the middle of the week, right?" right? And he says, "Don't. What are all these people doing here? Don't they know I hate crowds of people?" You know, and it was it was really hilarious because. The, the mall itself wasn't that bad. It was pretty busy. Right. And like I said, the Apple store was insane. <laughs> Everybody else is sitting around, dun, 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 wish some people would come and shop. And the Apple store is like, Booming. take a number and wait almost. Although it wasn't like that at all. But anyhow, they were real busy. But he's he's like I am with that. It's, it's you know, it's just a little too much human input there. You know, it's like I told you about when we went to L.A., uh, to go to the farmer's market last month. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, I got claustrophobic just driving down 3rd to go to 3rd and Fairfax. Just because there's Just so because people. of the narrow streets, all the cars, and gazillions of people everywhere. And then when we got there, it was the same thing. 
I mean, we drove around for 10 minutes trying to find a parking spot. You know, finally somebody pulled out. I pulled in. Good. We went in. It was like you, you couldn't take three steps and not bump into somebody's ass or somebody's bumping into your ass the whole day. It was insane. See, that would get tiring quick. It did. It really did. And then they have this thing called the Grove, which is like a mall extension off of Farmer's Market. It's all new to me. It's probably been there for a long time, but I hadn't seen it. Right. And, um, and it's, you know, it's all the cutesy stores, all the big ones, you know, where you can go spend tons of money. All the brand whores go there because, you know, they can... <laughs> Okay. Are we putting a stop on here? Um, I'm going to let it run. Okay. Because I don't, there's not a pause button. Oh, so. well, okay. Folks, while, while, uh, while Dave does something, I'll sit here and entertain you with a few of my really, really, really stupid stories. Like I have been. Oh, goody, the doggie's coming in. Oh, no, dog, no. <laughs> Good boy. He didn't come at me that time. What a good boy. See, he learned. You give him praise when he does the right thing. No, you don't let him do the wrong thing and give him praise. Make him get down and you tell him, good boy. So much for my opinion about how to train a dog. Okay, come here. Yeah, don't snort into the microphone, okay? (laughs) He did that with uh, sibling rivalry. He, he was, snorted into the microphone. And you could hear it when I was playing it back. Brody. <laughs> oh. Come on, Codes. Come on. God, what does he weigh? Probably about 100 pounds. Uh-huh. Okay, calm down. Calm down. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, we're not into big crowds um, at all. And I couldn't get out of L.A. fast enough. And then my stupid Garmin, I think I told you, she wanted to take me down the 5 to the 10. Yes. From... From Wilshire Boulevard in L.A., for people who are listening, who know that area of Los Angeles, you know how absurd it is for the Garmin to tell you to get off of Wilshire Boulevard and go down and pick up this little teensy Glendale freeway thing, and then from there you go to the 5 to get onto the 10, to go to the 15, to go to Barstow area? Come on! No! So... I'm, I'm driving on the Glendale, and I see this 110 Pasadena sign. And I said, I'm going there because I know Pasadena, and I know the 110 has got to be close to the 210. Right. Okay? And so Ernie agreed, and we said to the Garmin, you're on hold. We're going recalculating, you know. <laughs> off we went to Pasadena and hooked up with the 210 and got home. And not fast enough for, for either of us. We Really, that was a... I mean, it, Farmer's Market, the last time I went... Okay, I back that up. Maybe the second to the last time I went to Farmer's Market. So now we're talking several years. Okay. Six or eight, anyhow. Okay. There, It was still a Farmer's Market. You know, I mean, there was like produce exclamation mark okay really cool produce that was what this farmer's market which is world famous farmer's market right okay it was noted for it's the produce that you could get there you couldn't get anywhere else the quality you know like the strawberries as big as your fist and and the the blood oranges that were juicy and sweet and all of the unusual 
things that, that you couldn't get in Vons or Ralph's or wherever, okay? You could get them there. You paid through the nose for them, but you were happy to do it because they were exceptional produce, okay? They don't have that anymore. I, don't, I think I may have seen one produce stand. Really? Maybe what one. Maybe one. Restaurants. <laughs> Cupcake stores, nice. fudge stores. They do have little stores that sell meat, like chicken and eggs and things like that, and some Kobe-like beef, you know, that Kobe thing that they do now. Yeah, yeah. Kobe-like, because you can't get Kobe beef in the United States. Not real Kobe beef. I didn't know Kobe that. beef is actually from Japan, okay? And they don't import it here. But they do have... Beef growers who do the same thing to their beefs, beefs, boy cows, whatever they are. Cattle. <laughs> uh, that they massage them and feed them beer and shit like that, and or sake or whatever they do in Japan. And um, and so they say it's Kobe-like or Kobe-style. Or sometimes they just lie and say it's Kobe beef, you know. Anyhow, they, they have a few stores that sell. There's one meat store down there that has really great hot dogs. Rivals Pinks, really good hot dogs. Okay, um, but but no no market uh, one out by the fringe of the of the market itself had some fruits and vegetables and maybe there were a couple of little other. But th- that's all. Nothing nothing like it used to be. You know, had some had some good noshes while we were there. I think I had a Philly cheesesteak or something. It was good. I mean, you know, uh, it just, and then on top of it, like I said, you're just, you're fighting for every inch of space, you know. It, it almost sounds like a waste of time. It, it was a terrible waste of, of time, energy, and gasoline to do. So if you're not from there uh, and you think you want to go, rethink it. <laughs> Unless you like that sort of thing. If you like being crowded and you like restrooms that you have to wait for. Uh, and stuff like that, then that's your place. Um, just kind of jumping subject real fast. I'm sitting here looking at the computer. Uh, I don't know if you folks will notice. I'm almost 100% sure they will notice the quality difference. I hope so. In this episode. I hope so. We're running a brand new computer, brand new system. And what I'm used to looking at to the new, because this is a Macintosh that we're looking at. I don't know how to read this thing. You don't know how long we've been going? I have no clue how long we've been going. Oh, Because gosh. it says... Maybe getting more for the money than they thought. <laughs> <laughs> or for free, even. Let's see. Doggy. Sit, doggy. Because right now it says 1,456.2.1. And it just keeps going. What? 1,456 what? Words? Seconds, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. So, you know what? We're just going to run it. Um, We'll run it until... Run it until we fall over dead. We'll run it until (laughs) nine and... and Oh, okay. What? Oh, upside down. And if we... If we go over the hour mark, then Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah, bonus. special... Bonus. Bonus time. That sounds good. Yeah. I hope everybody's having a good Christmas. I know a lot of people are probably not, um, for whatever reasons may be. Lots of people 
don't have the wherewithal to have a decent Christmas or even a home to have it in. Uh, and for that, I'm not happy. But um, for those of you who are able to have a Christmas, I hope you're enjoying it. Um, I actually took a job for Christmas. Did you? Yeah. Um, I, I was a producer for Zombie Works book. Yeah. Uh, it was called "You Can't You Can't Kill Me." I'm already dead. And I, I George, would <laughs> be a good one for George to make a movie of if he's still around. Uh, it was a, a vampire <laughs> anthology. Uh huh. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I made some extra cash for Christmas. Yeah. It was it was kind of interesting because. When did you do that? Um. When did I finish it? When did you do that? When did you do that? All last week. Oh, that's what I've been busy with. Yeah, that's, I've oh, been busy all this week. Good. Um, that's good. It's it was interesting. Yeah. Because of the approach. Because for me, when I do a book for MythWorks, you know, I pick the stories. Yeah. I do a soft edit before I give it to Terry. Yeah. Then I format the book. Yeah. Then I design the cover, put it together, give it to the artist. Or not, not the artist, but the, the author to approve. Mm-hmm. Then they come back, and I'll make changes. And then we go, we print a, a demo, mm-hmm. give it to Terry. He makes edits, comes back to me, I back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And then finally, after it's finished, I send it to the printer. Yeah. Then from the printer, then I start the, mock- the marketing process, send out a press release. Yeah. Big, you know, big ordeal. Yeah. But as the book publisher, or not book publisher, but book producer, mm-hmm. the only thing I did, he sent me the stories, I put them in book format, mm-hmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. I kind of like that. They were written out? Yeah, everything was finished. You know. Uh, well, what, did he just send you typed out pages? Um, they were... I'm sorry, how does he write something and not have it be in book format to start with? I get, I don't get that. What happens is, is there was 19 stories. There's uh-huh. 19 separate stories. Uh-huh. They send it to me in a regular, you know, um, dot document or dot. Like I send you yeah. chapters. Right. Yeah. And then what I do is I resize them to book page. I put in the proper indentation. Oh, like you you had to do that with mine. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. I get you. I get you. So you were just doing like somebody else's stories. Right. Like you've done for mine. Right. Okay. But That's I was cool. actually hired in from and, and got paid. Yes. Yay! <laughs> Paying <laughs> is good. <clears throat> I like that. So I guess I can add another title. Yes, the portfolio of things that you do. So I guess put that in your resume. So I guess now I'm I'm a book producer. Ah, that's called producing. Yes. Cool. And, Very cool. And you know it, it'll it'll cover some Christmas presents. That's good. That's always good. So did I tell you we're having stew? Stew. We have a tradition. We have a tradition. When Ernie and I were first married. Or when we had our first Christmas. I'm not sure which it was. It must have been our first Christmas, come to think of it. Because we like lived together for two years before we got married. Big shock. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I worked and he worked that Christmas day. And we came home. 
and decided to, Christmas Eve, decided to go, I'm sorry, I lied, back up. We worked that Christmas Eve. We were off Christmas Day. Okay, gotcha. We came home from work Christmas Eve and decided to go to the grocery store to buy some stuff because I had decided I would make a stew for us for Christmas dinner. He likes stew. I like stew. We couldn't afford anything more than that. At 7 o'clock, we left our house and started. This was in Sunnyvale, California. Okay. A suburb of San Jose. Yeah. For those of you who don't know. And started looking for a grocery store. We're in. We could buy the necessary components for beef stew. <clears throat> Unfortunately, all the stores were closed by then because it was Christmas Eve. We hadn't thought about that. <laughs> I mean, all the stores were closed, okay? But we did find a mom-and-pop grocery. We went in, and we were so excited because they had these huge coolers that were like in an L shape around the back corner of the room. Mm-hmm. And they had, there were meats, cut, packaged for sale meats. And I got a couple packages of stew beef and we got some carrots and some potatoes and some celery and other crap and we took it up to the thing and we started to check it out and the guy says I can't sell you this and he points to the meat and I said what do you mean you can't sell us that he says it's after 6 o'clock and the meat union says we can't sell meat after 6 o'clock when the meat cutters aren't here are you shitting me? I am shitting you not. So what happened? <clears throat> well, for a, a few moments, he and I went around and around that bush. I said, it's already cut. It's already priced. It's already weighed. It's already wrapped. And it's freaking sitting there to be bought. And you're telling me you can't sell me this meat for my Christmas dinner? Which, of course, he then replied, yeah, I can't, and went through the whole thing again. <laughs> Poor Ernie. He, you know, he's he hadn't known me all that long then. You know, he was very, very shy when I first got a hold of him. He, I had to really yank his whatever to get him relaxed a little bit. <clears throat> so he didn't say anything. He was, like, wanting to shrink into nothingness and leave. <laughs> And, you know, me, I don't put up with anything from anybody if I can avoid it. If I can bully him into it, I'll do it, you know. Anyway, uh, long story short, no, he would not, because he doesn't know but what I work for the Meat Cutters Union or something, and I'm trying to catch him selling illegal. They got fucking blue laws for meat. I just couldn't believe my ears, you know. Anyway, that was it. I don't know if they still do or not. That probably worse now. <laughs> probably. So... We put all the stuff back, and we went to the shelf, and we got a couple of cans of Dinty Moore beef stew. Just went that route. And that's what we had for Christmas dinner. And nothing against the Dinty Moore people. It's fine product, but it just ain't homemade, okay? I'm sorry. That's just where that's at. Um, so... A couple of days ago, I was asking Ernie, I said, what do you want for Christmas dinner? He says, Denny, right out, you know, wham, Denny Moore beef stew. I said, 
He said, let's go with tradition this year, he says. <laughs> and, uh, and honestly, that was 38, 39, four, about 40 years ago. And we haven't had beef stew for Christmas dinner since then, but it's tradition, right? <laughs> um, so anyhow, I said, well, you know, I'll go you one better. I'll make a beef stew. And he said, okay. I said, because I... I'm sorry. I'm just not, you know, I loved you a lot then. I love you a lot now, but there's no way in hell I'm eating anymore for Christmas. <laughs> no. But I will make us a nice beef stew. So I had, I had made one, I don't know when, a couple, a year ago or so, and I had written on the, I write it down because when I do something that comes out really good, uh-huh. if I don't write down what I did, I won't remember. And I'm one of those kind of cooks that I kind of do whatever I've, whatever I've got in the kitchen I use. <clears throat> but this came out really good. So I wrote down everything, I and I wrote best beef stew. And I knew I had that recipe somewhere. So yesterday I spent the afternoon going through all my clippings and torn out pieces of newspaper <laughs> and torn out papers where I'd written recipes on looking for my beef stew. I knew it was in there somewhere, and I actually found it. And so I'm going to make us beef stew for today's dinner. <clears throat> it's actually cooking in the slow cooker as we speak. Yeah, there you go. And um, so we're having beef stew for dinner. So <clears throat> I don't think you have to have, you know, the whole nine yards to have a good Christmas is where that was all going. Um, we're actually having prime rib. See, now there you go. And that's good, too. And I've done prime rib. Um, and that makes for a really nice, you know, Christmas dinner for the for the people that can't afford prime rib or even can't afford beef stew, Denny Moore's not a bad Christmas dinner either. Okay, <laughs> Listen, bread and butter and crackers are a good dinner. It fills your stomach. My crack- Have I told you about cracker sandwiches? Oh, yeah. Okay. Did I tell you about my other favorite peanut butter and pickles? No. Oh, you've got to do it. Peanut butter and sweet pickles. That's the, 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 the trick. There's a place in New York that sells PB&J uh-huh. and 100 variations thereon. In fact, I think it's called PB&J. Um, but my ultimate favorite peanut butter sandwich is... In fact, I had one tonight before I came over here. Swear to God, I did. Chunky peanut butter, your favorite brand, and sliced bread and butter pickles. Now, the best is really... A pickle that my mom used to make, and I have a recipe, and I've actually made them one time just to be sure I could reproduce them. And they were called Crystal Cukes, and they were awesome pickles. Oh my goodness, there just wasn't a better pickle in the world than Crystal Cukes, and they were the best on peanut butter sandwiches. But I don't make pickles anymore. Uh, see, I don't have a taste so, for sweet pickles. Oh. Well, if you have a taste taste for peanut butter and jelly, yes, you just is. leave out the jelly. And put the sweet pickles in, and you will be surprised, pleasantly surprised. You know me, I'll try anything once. Try it, believe me. And it doesn't have to be um, bread and butter pickle, any sweet pickle. The whole idea is the sweet with the pickle. Uh, you know, it, it, I, th- I started to say PB&J. They make a peanut butter and pickle sandwich, but I think they use dills. It looked like dill slices. That doesn't sound good to me at all. They call it um, the pregnant mother's sandwich or something. <laughs> um, and and more power to them. They do sell them, but it wouldn't appeal to me at all. I love peanut butter and sweet pickle, though. 
So if you're feeling adventuresome and low on your buckage for Christmas dinner, try peanut butter and sweet pickle sandwich. They're very, very tasty. I am blessed that, and I don't know if I've actually ever said this on any podcast, Lacey can cook. Yeah, you told me she can cook. And that's good. That's that's good. She's always told me the reason why you married me is because I, I I've never denied it. <laughs> just just to clarify, I've well, never denied it. Honesty is always the best policy. And that woman can cook. That's and, great. And so I'm looking forward to yeah prime dinner. rib. Yes. Mm. She gonna make Yorkshire pudding? No. No. Which is probably just as well. I don't think I would really like. Yorkshire pudding is like fried dough, but it's fried in the beef juice thing. Yeah, no. I think. No, that's I'm not real sure, but it sounds really greasy and rich and hurts just to think about eating it. Good. Apologies to people that love Yorkshire pudding. More power to you. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I couldn't go there. But I, I think that, that what we're saying is that Christmas is special because... You make it special, whether you're having a special dinner, whether you're not, whether you're having lots of presents, whether you're not. If you're with somebody you love and can be good, if you're not, you're with them in your heart, and that makes it special. And, you know, that's that's where it's... You know, after 72 Christmases, you kind of have to go back and rethink your whole thing about Christmas... Because I remember how I used to look forward to Christmas. Yes. Even as a young married person, as a young adult, I still had a different viewpoint of Christmas than I have now. And I don't mean to come across being ball humbug. <laughs> yes. But I'm, I'm ready for the decorations. To come oh, out. well, I would be too if mine went up the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> Or what, three days before Thanksgiving? David's wife, God love her, she may cook, but I'm telling you, this woman has a thing for putting up Christmas decos a little on the early side, in my opinion. I think if she could have, she'd have put them up right after Halloween. She may have done, even, she actually. <laughs> she hears us, yes. So I can understand why you're saying that. you know. And I used to do the same thing because when I tell you, I think I told Lacey last week, I have so many, oh my God, you can't believe how many Christmas decorations I have. I mean, you can't. See, we used to have a big television <clears throat> that sat on the floor and the footprint for the television was bigger than this table. Wow. And By, that's, that's at least... That's a four-foot table. I was going to say that's at least by a four. two. Yeah, four by two. The footprint for this thing it was about six foot by four. Ooh, big TV. It's sitting out in the front of my house. If anybody wants it, please come and steal it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's deader than a doornail. But the cool thing about it was that I could put all kinds of decos on top of it. I had a little snowman and trees and stuff, and I kept buying more of that kind of junk, you know, because I go, ooh, I can put it on top of the telly. Well, now that telly's dead. Right. And now we have one that hangs on the wall, and it has a footprint of nothing. Okay. So I don't have anywhere to put a lot of my decos. So I have all this cute stuff, and it, and I love snowman. I have a snowman collection you wouldn't believe. I got decos all over the place. I could open a Christmas store with the stuff I have in my garage and the Christmas room. And it's all still there in the garage. I can't 
because it, oh, it's so much work. It's so much work, and it's just me doing it because I can't make Ernie do that. Okay, I mean, okay, Ernie's Buddhist, right? So it's <laughs> for kind, one, it's for one. Yeah, it's kind of hard to push him into even. And they used to celebrate Christmas anyhow. You know, the secular aspect of Christmas, the tree, the presents, the whole nine yards. But right. it's kind of hard for me to push him into because he has to. He has to do it at work. He has to put the tree up at work, and he has to. You know, all that, so I I can't I just can't bring myself to when he comes home say, honey, and you please do this and that. I'm gonna put the snowman over there and this and that. I mean, I was, I felt bad asking him to put the tree up, but since it was just a matter of pulling it up and sticking a stick up its middle, I figured right, he can go that far. So it's too much for me to do alone. Well, lace you know. lace every year, lace has always done the tree. Yeah. Um. I remember when it was there last year. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, we swapped the TV yeah. to the to Christmas yeah. tree. Yeah. But every Good year, swap. Um, you know, she she goes and she always does it alone. And yeah, this the, I've seen. Oh my God, it's a pain in the ass because it's one of those things that you connect A to B to B oh, to C. Oh, see, now you should have got mine, man. It's cool. You just go wink. And you stick the rod up its middle, and you got a tree. I I believe we actually got for what? Oh, excuse me, just a minute. Okay. for those of you who weren't watching, boink means that you just pull on the thing and you pull it up out of its middle, <laughs> and, and it becomes a tree. That was a I had to describe what boink meant. Okay. Okay. Uh, the tree was purchased before we got married. Really? Yes, and we got married in 1996. It's held up well. It's a much better tree, branch-wise, than ours. Okay, ours, if you get real close to it, you look at it and you go, that's pretty cheesy. But if you get back and <laughs> take off your glasses, it looks <laughs> great. <laughs> and, I mean, really, it's, you know, it definitely doesn't look like a tree up close, but... Hmm. In fact, right under the star, you see that crystal heart right there? Yes, that was your first one? That was number one, yes. Oh. 1995. See, we have that too. We have a a, a decoration. It's um, how do I describe it? It was flat. Mm-hmm. We cut it out, and you put it all together, and then it it's like a ball, and it has like indents kind of, and and it's it's heavy paper, like not cardboard, but not flimsy too. And it, it was actually from Frito. Frito Lay put it out one year. Really. And that was our first Christmas tree decoration. First and only, actually, that year. That, and I think I bought some tinsel. Ernie can't understand tinsel. No? I've shown him, I have shown him the original Preacher's Wife movie with Cary Grant and Loretta Young and David Niven. Right. Where Cary Grant goes like that, and the, and the tree comes all pretty, and he goes like that, and it comes up with like tinsel everywhere. And I've explained to him that, I don't remember when that movie was made, early 40s, uh, or possibly late 30s. Um, and I said, see, that's, when, when I was a kid growing up, we had tinsel all over our tree every year, because people were trying to duplicate that look. It was unique and beautiful and, and magical and everything. And, and But now people, I even saw something, on, I think, on Facebook where somebody was saying something about tinsel. I think Lacey posted it now that I think of it. Lace, did you post something about tinsel on Facebook? Yeah, I can't remember it. And then I can't 
Right, right. The cat ate the tinsel and it was coming out the cat's ass. Well, that's how uncommon it is to hang tinsel on a tree anymore. And I actually stopped doing it a while back because Ernie pointed out, he says, you know, you put all the time and effort into putting all the lights and decos on the tree and everything. And then he says, you cover it all up with tinsel. You can't see it. And he had a really valid point. Plus, it's a lot of work to put on because I do it the old-fashioned way, one at a time. Right. I don't just throw wads of tinsel at the tree <laughs> like the kids like to do. Open the bag and just... Yeah. <laughs> no, uh-uh. So um, I stopped doing that and saved zero dollars because tinsel's cheap, but uh, certainly lots and lots and lots of time, not only time in putting it on, but time in taking it off. Well, actually, you can put a dead tree out to get picked up with a trash man oh, with yeah. tinsel on. They're, they'll take it with tinsel. They won't take it with balls on or anything else, but they will take it with tinsel on, which is cool. But then you've got tinsel, you know, <laughs> like sort of like a little yellow brick road from right. the front of your house to the curb pickup line, you know, of tinsel. Just drop, 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 drop all the way. So I don't do tinsel anymore, um, but I, I can't um, I can't find the inclination to do the Christmas deco thing. The kid, the grandkids are grown enough, you know. If if I could, maybe if I could get at some of the boxes, I might have put up a little bit more. Like we have a grandfather's clock in our hallway. In the when I would call it a foyer, but it's not. It's just a hallway <laughs> from our front door into the house. Uh, but it's wide enough that we've got this grandfather clock sitting there. Uh-huh. It hasn't worked for a long, long time. It's it's floor-to-ceiling tall. I bought it for Ernie in Albuquerque a long time back, uh, and it worked for a long time. And then he took it to a, a clock guy who he paid money to have it fix it, have him fix it. But if he did, he d- it didn't last. So it, it's constantly 820, which is interesting. But I have this little uh, furry... Hairy, furry, I don't know what it is, hair or fur. It's, I think it's hair meant to look like fur. Let's go fuzzy. Uh, well, but he's fuzzy. It's more hairy, actually. <laughs> but anyhow, it's a mouse, okay? <laughs> and I have this little teeny tiny wreath that I hot glue. I love hot glue guns. I'm a big hot glue gun fan. I uh, hot glued this little wreath into his little mousy mouth, okay? And then I hot glue him his butt and stuck him on the glass of the grandfather clock and i did that for years when my granddaughters were little because they knew the the nursery rhyme about the hickory dickory dog the mouse ran up the clock you know and they thought that was so cool grandma had a mouse running up her clock and it looks like a real mouse so for a while there they weren't really (laughs) except it was a constant pause mode you know <laughs> he wasn't running up he wasn't running down he was just like stuck on the on the glass so i think they kind of knew it wasn't real but anyhow they liked it and i've actually kind of got that out a couple of times just because i think it's fun to have but uh for the most part no all my snowmen are still packed away and all and and now that's cool because i won't have to spend this week between christmas and new year's putting everything away see so there's some advantages to, right. to not going there but like I said, probably an hour ago, um, after 72 Christmases, you kind of 
change your approach to Christmas. It, 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 I don't look forward to it like I used to. It it's, doesn't hold the same magic. I like all the Christmas shows. I still watch all the Christmas movies, what I call Christmas movies. Right. You know, we still, it's not Christmas unless we've watched It's a Wonderful Life and, and The Preacher's Wife, the original one, and, and Miracle on 34th Street, which I usually watch on Thanksgiving because right. it's more of a Thanksgiving kind of movie. Um, and I like Scrooge, several different versions of Scrooge. Ernie has his favorite. And we all, we both love the Muppets, uh, Scrooge, Charles, or what the hell's that story called? It's not Scrooge. Charles Dickens, Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Thank you. Uh, brain dead. Anyhow, uh, the Muppets, if you've never seen that one, it's so cool. It is so funny. You have to see it sometime. It's hilarious. Um, and, you know, we watch all those, and, and we enjoy that. And then we just have a good time together and relax. And, yeah, we do the present thing. You know, what do you want for Christmas? I don't know. And You know, I want that. Okay, here, bing, you got it. <laughs> Literally. You know, that's so why I got the, that Zook thing I told you. Yes. And the, and the pop phone. We're watching the thing on television. He had to stop. Get up. Go to the computer. Buy it. <laughs> boom, okay. boom, boom, boom. Huh? Well, because he knows that I know that I want it. He's not going to... We're not... We don't do the surprise thing. Right. Anymore. Yeah. It's hard to do the surprise thing when you've been married 38 years. It is. And it, and and it's hard for him. I don't... I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him. You know, you have to buy me. I did. I did for a while. I did. Used to tell him, I don't want anything specifically for Christmas, except something that you bought <clears throat> and wrapped and put under the tree. I don't care what it is, but I don't want it to be something I bought or wrapped and put under the tree. Right. It can be a bobby pin. <laughs> if you go buy it, wrap it, and put it under the tree, I don't care. That's all I want. Well, I, I kind of even backed off on that. I don't, you know. I, and, and I don't mean to sound like you say Scroogey, but um, I don't know. I just feel differently about Christmas. Now it it means more to me to be with him than to get presents from him. Right. Then I won't say then it ever did. It's just that that is more the focus now. You know. I I think for me it's different because of where my kids are in, in you know age. You know yeah. Zoe and, and yeah Zoe's one, Jaden's eleven. That's so, a big spread. So it's. But it's about the presence for them. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And and that's when, when our grandkids were little, when the kids were little. Yeah, totally. It was a total... I mean, good grief. We used to have them piled around the Christmas tree. It was disgusting. Talk about bacchanalia. It was insane. But that's what we did. Uh, but like you say, it's, it's for the kids. And when you don't have the kids around anymore, or when the people that come around aren't kids anymore... It kind of changes it. It does. It yeah, does. It kind of does. Um, I, I got to tell the story and then we'll, we'll probably close. Oh, yep. It's tick tock, tick tock. Um, very first, well, not our very first Christmas. Very first Christmas married. We were in Arkansas. And we were very poor. 
we, we had no money. And I remember our next door neighbor actually went out, bought a tree, and found out that the the tree was crooked at the base. It, it <laughs> would come down and then literally bow and then come back in. And she came over to our house and she was like, do you want it? And we didn't have no money for a Christmas tree. Yeah. So we're like, okay. And then, you know, we stood it up and it started to stand up right. And then it kind of tilted and then it kind of. <laughs> kind of like a Dr. Seuss Christmas tree. So. Dr. I, Seuss? Yeah. So because at the time, you know, I didn't have no saws or anything like that. We had. But you did have a pet beaver. No. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, a butcher knife. Oh, you didn't. Yes. No, you did did not. No. Was it a Ginzu knife? (laughs) If it wasn't, you never got there. Uh, Yeah, actually, we we got there. Are you serious? Probably like four or five hours later, we got through. Oh, you can't be. You can't be serious. It really cut it. Yeah. Could you cut anything else with it after? Oh no, the the knife was gone. Yeah, I would imagine. But but Lacey (laughs) and I would would trade out. You know. Oh my goodness. You know, you saw for a little bit, then you go you know, back and forth, back and forth. Anyway, at Funny. the end... Why don't you ask the neighbor for a song? Oh, good idea. Yeah. Too late. Okay. <laughs> but by the by the time we got it all done, we ran to a little dollar general store. Yeah. You know, because uh, that's, I think, was the only thing open at the time. And plus, you know, lights were oh. 99 cents. Yeah. And so we ended up taking what was going to end up trash... Mm-hmm. And it was our first Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. I told you about my tree that I had in Echo Park. Which one? Ah, uh, maybe I didn't. Um, like you, dirt poor, no money, didn't want to hit the streets just for a Christmas tree. So um, <clears throat> I went down to. Um, it was a Gemco. Okay. And you know what Gemco is? I do. Okay, well, there was one there. This was uh, off of Sunset someplace in the Echo Park District of Los Angeles. Uh, and I bought a tree for 99 cents. It was about that big. I took it home, and I cut off about that much of it and took that with some balls and tinsel and crap to work. I was working at a bank in those days as a teller. And I put that up at my station for my little Christmas tree at work. Uh-huh. And so what I had left at home was this sort of pine branch basket sort of thing, if you will. You know. Right, right. The base of the Christmas tree. So I took this great big red bow that I had and I stuck that in the middle of it. And that was my tree at home. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, you know, we we both know what it's like to... To make do and get by. Well, if we do, if we ever get to do a Thanksgiving mm. recording, mm-hmm. I've got, I've got, got a, a good, one? good Thanksgiving, <laughs> our first of Thanksgiving married. Oh, wow. That uh, was again in Arkansas, but if we can get there, I'll tell the story. Well, hopefully we'll get there. And before we close, Sadie had a correction. If you will. Uh, earlier I was talking about the Christmas movies and I mentioned The Preacher's Wife with Denzel Washington, Whitney Houston, and Courtney B. Vance that came out in 1996. But I said that my favorite was 
and I said, the preacher's wife that came out in the 40s. Well, it wasn't the preacher's wife. It was actually the bishop's wife. Came out in 47 and starred Cary Grant, David Niven, and Loretta Young. So just so you guys don't think I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Well, actually, that's probably true. But in any case, I just started talking about preacher's wife and kind of went on with it. And I didn't actually think about it too much, but they had renamed it that. I was... You know. More PC. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, was the bishop's wife the one is that's the one that I like the best. Not to take anything away from Denzel. Oh goodness, wouldn't want to take anything away from Denzel. Wouldn't mind taking something from Denzel. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't go there. <laughs> okay, anyhow, that's that. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And that's it for us. I'm David K. Montoya. And I'm S. Sadie Burbank. And remember, boys and girls, as always, what happens in Burbank ends up on a podcast. Merry Christmas, folks. Merry Christmas. Was that a fun episode? Yep. So, okay, let's talk a little bit more about toys. What what, what kind of toys do you like? LOLs. LOLs. What do you do with LOLs? We play with them. Me and my sister. Your sister? Yep. Soon she'll be old enough to be podcasting too. Yep. Are you two going to start your own podcast when when you're older? Yeah. Oh, that'd be cute. Okay. Uh, You ready for another episode? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. She brought her little friend with her. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a secret. I can't tell you yet. Yeah. It's a secret toy, huh? Yeah. I can't tell them yet until it's time. Okay. Okay. Here's episode number two. What do we got? Who's the boss number 26? All right. Who's the boss number 26? That is Awaiting Christmas. Uh, also released on December 25th, 2013. It says, this week, Dave is joined by Terry D. Shearer on Christmas morning as they await for everyone to wake up and open presents. In the meantime, they talk about Dave's desire to open a comic book shop in his area. (laughs) Oh, I remember that. Good old Terry. All right, you ready to listen to this one? Yep, yep, yep. All righty. All right, kids, go ahead and push play on Who's the Boss, number 26. Awaiting Christmas. Merry Christmas and welcome to Who's the Boss? I am David K. Montoya. Alright kids, this is Christmas Day and right now I'm sitting in the living room. I'm waiting for the other half of the family to wake up. Um, thanks, they, for, thanks for introducing me, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm working on it. Oh, okay, bring, okay. bring you in. Okay. I'm just setting the stage for the listeners. Uh, Drawing that visual. <laughs> and... Um, so Jay's already up. He's like waiting anxiously to get his presents, but Zoe and Lacey are still asleep. So as we're sitting here, uh, I was telling my guest this evening that we should, well, I said I was going to record and trying to figure out what I was going to record, and he came up with a great concept. And my guest this evening is my best friend and cohort in pretty much everything I do, Mr. Terry Desher. 
Hello, boys and girls. Happy holidays to everyone. <laughs> I, I was going to say, though, you know, if you grow grow your beard a little bit longer and, and you put on maybe, I don't know, 50, 60 more pounds. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. You, you could probably get, you know, like yeah, a, yeah. a seasonal I job. I, I don't like people sitting on my lap, at least not children. <laughs> <clears throat> But, yeah, the beard will keep growing, but, uh, shit, I've lost 30, 40 pounds in the past six or seven months. I'm not putting it back on if I can help it. Yeah. I've, uh, well, your your beard's starting to get that yeah. feel to it, so. Right. So. He doesn't actually feel it. That's just an expression. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, so, we were outside, we were having a cigarette, and we were talking, and... You said. I said. Well, anyway, this is the holiday season, and people often have wishes they would like to fulfill. And this is who's the boss, and poor David hasn't been his own boss for quite a while now. Well, I'm saying, you know, podcasting, but that's not a real job after all. So anyway, I suggested that one thing he's always wanted to do was to have his own comic book store. Yay. And I, many years ago, I had my own used bookstore in another part of California, and that was probably the happiest time of my life that I can recall. So I keep bugging him about, you know, getting his own store together, a comic store. And I suggested, of course, that it could be a comic book store and a used bookstore, and that way I could still be involved in it because I have huge library of books that I'm really tired of moving around every six months or so. So anyway, I certainly have plenty of stuff that we could uh, put in the store. Anyway, so the idea was that he talked today about his wish to have a comic book store and be his own boss again. That would be awesome. Now, for, for some reason, you don't know this and you're listening to Who's the Boss, I've been a comic book fan since 1990. Um, I've I just enjoyed comic book fans. I live up in a place called the High Desert in uh, California. It's pretty much that. It's a desert. And within the last 25, yeah, I would say about 25 years, uh, you know, it, it's, it's become very packed with people. When I first moved up here, there was hardly anybody. Right. But interesting enough, though there is over a million people up here in the high desert, uh, there is not one comic book store. Which is just a travesty of justice. It is. There used to be, for quite a while there was one, one, which we used to go to frequently, but now that's gone too. So now there's nothing. So what I would love to do, of course, is... Um, I would want something more than, like you were just saying before I started recording, something more than just new comics. I would have, I would offer a section of new comics, you know, monthly new, but I would have another part of the store completely dedicated to all the older issues. Right. And then, you know, the the old, the the, the Macy's experience, you know. You go to Macy's and you want to buy something really exper- you know, really expensive. You go in the back room and then they set out, you know, the different type of jewelry. 
have it set up like that from the old, old comics. Ah, I've never been to Macy's in my life. Really? I, I don't make enough money to spend there. <sighs> so, no, I don't know what you're talking about. However, <clears throat> when, I was, when I was very young, and I used to spend a lot of time with my grandmother down in Long Beach, every weekend she would take me over to the, the little corner grocery store, and she would let me buy five comics, which were... 10 cents a piece in those days. And uh, I had a, a, a nice comic book collection, which my uh, mother's other son disposed of oh. after I, I left the home there in the late 60s. So they're gone, although I do still have some, older, some of the older comics left. But anyway, yes, absolutely you should have an older comic book section because... Uh, there are a lot of people who collect comics who don't just want the new editions, but they want the older right. copies as well. And those <clears throat> those are quite difficult to get a hold of. I mean, as things are getting more and more digital, it seems like there's less paper being offered. Well, of course, and not to mention the fact that, you know, when you get kids in comics... They don't last very long, usually. So, the older comics are harder and harder to come by. But uh, I had an old comic book section in my bookstore, actually. Some of my older book uh, comics. And uh, people grab those up pretty quickly because they're just so hard to find. Another thing I would like to add is kind of a... Not just... Uh, movies, you know, I I would probably carry something like you know the Batman movie or the X Men or the Avengers, you know, something that would be appropriate for the genre. But I would also like to carry, um, like, TV series, you know, old TV series. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That yeah. I think because there's a lot of stuff that have been on TV that is comic book related that just doesn't make it really out there. No, you have to be a, a collector, and you have to hunt that kind of stuff down. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And there were lots of, you know, cartoons of animated series and stuff like that that uh, people used to watch when they were kids, and they would love to have that on a, on a DVD or something. And graphic novels, too. You have to have graphic novels in there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I was going to bring up, is, and it's interesting, I don't know if you ever realized this, you know, the Adam West, Burt Ward, Batman, came out in 1966. Yeah, I was there. I watched it. Do you realize that there is no authorized DVD or VHS? There of, is no... Of that show? Oh, look who's up. Well, authorized doesn't mean there's nothing out there. Well, no, you can get, like, bootleg copies, but, you know, actually straight from Fox. Yeah, no. They've never released it. Yeah. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, that was like watching a comic book in action. You know, that was a pretty silly show in those days, but uh, it was fun. That was like one of the first uh, action-adventure kind of shows. Yeah, what's going on, you say, huh? She's always up. And she's going, Dad! Dad! Oh, look at her eyes. She's got it, like, fixed on the Christmas tree. 
Mimo, yeah, Mimo. But uh, so I would like to do something like that. I would, of course, I would carry, you know, like you said, graphic novels. I'd like to do anime, you know, anime section. Uh, what I would also like to do, and I've seen this, I think it's in, what did I say, Vegas, a long time ago. They had a drive-thru at the comic book store. Really? So you drive up and say, yeah, I'll take, you know, Uncanny X-Men 20 and I'll get, you know, Spawn. And they're like, okay, drive to the front one, please. You know, and you drive up, you give them the money or the ATM, and they give you your books. You didn't even have to leave the car. Wow. No, I mean, yeah, I but, know Yeah, that... but you got to go into the comic book store, man. you got to touch that shit and feel it and look at it and go, ooh. <laughs> yes. You know? I was going to say that that kind of defeats the... Yeah, the whole purpose of having the store. But yeah. I always just thought that was kind of amazing. Action figures. Oh, and... my God. How can I forget about action figures? Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> you're old. <clears throat> uh, well, I had a whole bunch of action figures uh, when we... Yeah. When yeah. we left here to California, when we left from California to Arkansas for the first time, I had uh, quite a bit of merchandise, you know, because I collect the X Men. And unfortunately, I did. Sometimes I just do the stupidest shit imaginable, folks. I don't know why. I I, will, I blame it on being young because I think I was only like twenty at the time. But I decided that I was going to Some genetics. I think. <laughs> I was going to mail it back, mail, mail it. my stuff back yeah. instead of, you know, buying a... a, a Renting the truck. A, yeah, a U-Haul. I just said, ah, you know, fuck it. I'll just sell the big stuff and I'll ship the stuff that I want to keep. Well, coincidentally, the most expensive stuff with all my action figures and the old, old books never made it. Now, I had X-Men number one, and that's because I brought it with me, but... If it, you know, I guess countdown for Christmas. Well, when I moved from, hang on, okay, when I moved from California to Idaho, I did the smart thing. I put all of my really, really important stuff in the car with me so I wouldn't, wouldn't have the remotest chance of being lost. And then, of course, I rolled my car in the Nevada desert and strew my shit all over the place. So when the cops came, they uh, they took a lot of the stuff, but a lot of stuff just disappeared. Really upset about it. But, hey, and I wasn't young either. I was just fucked up in the head. I, again, trying to save money, I took a, a Greyhound. Oh, so that's yeah. what I, I mailed all that stuff out, jumped on a Greyhound, and came back to California. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Collecting shit is a lot of fun, but when you have to pack it up and store it and move it from place to place, it's not so much fun. Screw me anymore. Well, yeah. In, in fact, uh, it's been a few months now. You got to see my comic book collection. I actually yeah, yeah. busted it out. Yeah. And that sucks. I mean, just to have it, have all of that in a closet. I know. What good is up. it doing in the closet? Yeah. Well, you still have it, but you can't see it. You can't find anything. All of my shit's still in storage, so I, I've i got nothing here except what I've picked up recently. All the... Yeah. Um, tick. Tick. That's it. I was trying to think of the, the, the character. Tick. 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 
You've yeah. been buying a lot of Tick comics, and you bought some merchandise as well. Yeah, Doctor Who and some paperbacks, and yeah, a little bit picking Speaking up stuff. Of Doctor Who, um, you know, we watched. God, I watched. I don't know how many episodes. Yeah, there was a marathon on yesterday, which I didn't even know about. It just happened to run across it. So the new episode of Doctor Who comes on tonight. Christmas night? You know, I'm not real sure. This is the uh, this is the episode where, and I'm sure all the Doctor Who fans out there are going, what do you mean you don't know? But anyway, uh, <clears throat> Doctor Who number 11 is going to fade away, and the new one will be re- regenerated tonight, apparently. that's I, I assume that's what's going to happen. Um, this is the basically the, the premiere of the next season coming up tonight. Yeah. So I'm hoping because BBC. later on I have to, you know, go to work, but I'm hoping I oh. can tap into my. Oh, uh, you might you might be able to see it on at work, but I'm sure it'll be on as a repeat later. Yeah, but I was gonna say, you know, get the files. You know how I have that files app. Yeah. Maybe I can actually watch it right there at the desk. Right. Well, Another thing fine. I think I would like to do, uh, as far as comic book wise, is I think. And this is kind of unique, I think, because you don't see it that much. I would like to get some costumes together, you know, like cosplay yeah, stuff. Yes. Yeah. And and offer like cosplay. Uh, well, you know that would be cool, but there's not a lot of call for it up here, you know. Unfortunately, the high desert is uh, a drab brown place they have no conventions everybody would have to go to la or san diego or something for for that kind of stuff but it would be cool to have the costumes yeah so in in short it would just be you know full of shit absolutely that's the best kind of story (laughs) mine was full of shit i mean i had i had art posters and indian posters and shit all over the walls and i i had you know a Greeting card selection and incense. I sold incense and uh, <coughs> um, books, magazines, comics, all kinds of shit. Yeah, you put as much crap in there as you can because somebody's going to buy it. <laughs> and I think what what kind of interests me the most out of this whole concept, and you kind of touched on it in the very beginning, if I want to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning and go down to the shop and start it then, I can. If I want to get up at 10 o'clock in the morning, I can. You know, I can, I can be my own boss. Absolutely. You don't have to be closed any days. You can be open seven days a week if you want to be. I just used to go down there because I just liked being there. You know, and you, you spend all day just rearranging the shelves or something or reading and uh, just being there, having the people come in and talking to the uh, collectors and stuff, it was just a lot of fun. I put out a weekly newsletter at my at my store, and people signed up to be on the mailing list, and I'd, I'd mail out this newsletter every week, and if they brought it back in with them, they got a 10% discount on their purchases and shit. Oh, right on. So that was cool. That you know, was. That helped. She's not afraid of the unicorn now. I didn't know she was. Oh, yes. She was not having a unicorn yesterday. Oh. Um, my sister, fat unicorn. Like her you, husband, right? Aaron, and my mom came over and we had Christmas Eve dinner. And, Very good girl. Um, 
Zoe got to open up some of her presents and one of she, the presents was a pillow pad. And once you unfold it, it turns into a unicorn. But if actually if you fold it back in, it's the front of a castle. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Crack. Nice. But yeah, being your own boss is the only way to go, you know. It's just, I mean, you spent most of your life working in uh, hospital situations and that kind of shit. And the more people you work with, the more crap you have to deal with. And uh, when you're on your own, it's just a whole new world. You know, just imagine I wouldn't have to listen to... Would you bring me a ba 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 ba? I'm like, what? Would you bring me a ba 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 ba? Okay. And when you sit down and read what they wrote, it looks just like that. Yes. (laughs) Oh man. But um, yeah, I I like that. Maybe what we should do since there's not because you know there's comic book fans up here in the high desert. You know there are. Yes. Maybe we should start a, a Kickstarter campaign to to all the, the comic book fans out there, you know, help fund us, and we're going to open up a, a you know, comic book store. In the back, we can have our podcasting studio. Oh, that would be cool, too. Then you could stay there even longer every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you know, I mean, you know, you people have really silly ideas on Kickstarter for money. Yeah. Why why not do something that would be worthwhile and that other people could actually enjoy as well. That would be great, yeah. I might have to look into that. Good deal. I, I, I think you should. Um You've got about ten more minutes, Zozo. Ten more minutes, and then I'll get Mama up. Yeah, ten minutes, not eight. Okay, you know, you know, the, you know the difference between eight and ten, right? Okay, good girl. She's already going into the the presents. I knew that was only a matter of time. Ooh, goofy. So, um, let's see. I'm just trying to think of. But yeah, I uh, and. You know, I, I I don't know of any really good used bookstores up here, but uh, I think, uh, you know, comics and books are, you know, they go together really well. Absolutely. So that would be cool. I would love to get back into that again. <clears throat> um, yeah, because, I mean, on, on usually, I'll just say usually, Someone who is into reading comics, there's a very high likelihood that they enjoy reading books, you know, novels, novelettes, that kind of thing. And so, you know, you, you present both both worlds. Yeah. Mm. Well, not only that, you get somebody in there that's just looking for books, and there's all these comics and everything, especially if you have older editions. It's going to attract people, too. You know, they're going to look at everything. So what the hell? I think we're, we're going to... I know it's, it's, right now it's not a good idea because of Christmas and everybody's kind of blown their wad on Christmas, but maybe we'll just hold off a little bit and, and uh. Well, yeah, but just first of the year, you know, yeah. whatever. 
But yeah, I think that would be a great idea. I've been trying to get you to do that or go into the the comic book store for months, ever since I got up here practically. So sure, I'm glad to hear that you're actually thinking about it. I think it's very doable. Um, on a quick note, because we're going to start winding down here, folks, just because uh, Zoe's busting out her presents, and uh, my wife would kill me if <laughs> if Zoe opened all her presents and she was still asleep. Uh, well, isn't it kind of like her fault at this point? Yeah. But I, I just wanted to give everybody an update because I did miss out on the update last show. Um, one of the things, and if you haven't figured this out yet, I haven't publicly said, uh, who's the boss and Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe, Cafe are both on Wednesdays. So how it's going to work, and I don't even know if I actually told, told you this, is like one week it, you, you do a, you know, a podcast, and then if you don't feel like it next week, then that's when I'll come out with a Who's the Boss, so we can take alternate turns. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah, that's in case some of you aren't aware of this, I am also Reaper Rick. I have my own podcast. Alternating Wednesdays, apparently. Well, it doesn't have to be alternating. Well, yeah, I know, I know. But I'm just saying that that's uh, okay with me. Fine. Just because it's, it's, I have to get back. It's been five months since I've done a solo podcast, and it's just kind of hard to get back into that groove, you know, to be talking to yourself. I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> Even if I'm not podcasting. <clears throat> art, art, what? Yes, that's true. Yes, it is. Uh, but anyway, what I was going to say is, is, if anybody's following me on the other podcast, we are working on the uh, Yotnum script, and I'm about 71, 72 pages into the third act, and I've got exactly one week until January 1st, and I, I do see it plausible to have the, the this draft completed by then. Um... We'll just see how it works because it's good because when I sit down and I write, I just come up with a copious amount of stuff, but it's just finding that time to write. Yeah, yeah, I know. So that's what's going on, and then um, I'm not working on any books or anything at this time. Or do you got anything planned that you want to shoot out there? No, I've just I've been working on a number of stories, but I just haven't. It's been a really bad December for me, and I haven't really had the mental acuity to get in there and, and do a lot of work. So I've just been, you know, trying to jack off periodically, but I haven't really gotten anything going. Oh, that's okay. sorry to interrupt you, but... Yes. This is my oldest, Jaden. What's up, kiddo? As opposed to his younger Jaden. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, anticipation is growing. 
<clears throat> I would think I would have to wake him up. Wake. Yeah, that's fine. I'm good. I just wanted you to get out there and, and talk about this because I know it's something you really, really want, and I would love to have it for you and me too. So yeah, if we could, you know, work on this together, that would be great. So, would I would deal. I call it Myth Mart? That's the question. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Has to have the word comics and books in it. Hmm. <clears throat> Be, be original comic books. Oh, hey, I bet no one's thought of that. Or just comics and books. All right, kids. Books, um, books and comics, because B comes before C. The Children are ripping apart the presents. Yes, and I, I've got to go and wake up the mom. Yeah. So, yes, I know this is a, a short edition of Who's the Boss?, but I just wanted to put it out there and, and wish all of you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Terry, thank you for stopping by. Joya. Joya. And everybody else, just kind of keep your ears and eyes open. Um, I will seriously look into starting a, a campaign for Kickstarter. Great. So Great. for this week, I am David K. Montoya. Yo, and I'm just Terry D. Shear stopping by. Have a great week. So... That's it for me this week. I, I don't have, I don't know, I don't, it's been so long, I don't even think I have a closing statement like I usually do. Anyway, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and I'll see you next week. Good night. Did you know that Daddy wanted to open a book, comic book shop? No. No? Do you like the name Helix? It's funny. Is it funny? Yeah. I would name it, I totally, I would name, I would name it the Helix Comic Book Shop. But we have friends that own comic book shops, don't we? Yep. That's pretty cool. We need to say hi. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking a corner, and we are almost finished with this lap on this episode of Christmas Theme Podcast. She's yawning. She's ready to go to bed. So go ahead and tell us, what do we have for our final show of the week, Zoe? Scene Red, number 56. All right. Scene read number 56, Twas Two Nights Before Christmas, originally released December 23rd, 2013, and I actually wrote a poem. Do you want to read it? you want me to read it to you? Yeah. Okay, instead of it doing uh, the intro, the regular, you know, yeah. it was. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Let me get close. Twas two nights before Christmas, when all through the house... Not even a creature was stirring except the podcasting and the clicking of a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that a new episode of Seeing Red Podcast would soon be there. The children were all nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of Rebecca, Aaron, and Dave's voice danced in their heads. And Mama in her neckerchief and in her cap had settled our brains for a long podcast rap. When out from the speakers there arose a, such a clatter, I sprung from my bed to see what the matter. Away with the Windows 7 I flew like a flash player, tore open iTunes, and threw open the MPEG-2 audio player. 
they sprung in front of the mics. To his team, he gave a whistle. And away they all began, like down with a thistle. But I heard him explain, Hey, boys and girls, welcome to Scene Red. And Merry Christmas to all. The fat man behind the mic said. Did you <laughs> like that? Yeah. All right, kids. Yes, that was, uh, yeah. Uh, that's one of my better poems. <laughs> yep. Okay, so go ahead and enjoy scene red number 56. Twas two nights before Christmas. Hey, boys and girls. Welcome to scene red. I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Illich. All right, it is Christmas time. Two more days until Christmas. And then Santa Claus is coming to town. Wah, 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 wah. Hey, how are you guys feeling? I, I know you guys lo- uh, missed last week, and I know you were saying that you were going to come. Um, I didn't give you a heads up because I heard how sick you were. Uh, that's why I just didn't even worry about it. But how are you feeling now? Feeling a little bit better, yeah. I got just worried about getting sick again because I have to have a fan. To sleep with, so hopefully well, it, I don't get sick again. I should be good. If it gets too bad, then we'll turn on the the um the fuck. What is that called? Ceiling fan. Ceiling fan. No, I'm talking about like because I have to have a fan to sleep with. Uh-huh. Because of the noise. Because I have to have that noise. So like every night I'm worried I'm gonna get like worse. Oh, okay, I get you. So I made mom give me her. She bought a little heater and fan in one. I made her trade me. So I turn on the heater until I get too hot, and then I turn the fan on. Um, yeah, but that's why I didn't. I, I well, first I read on Facebook that you know you were sick. It and, was a weird sick too. It was like woke up, sore throat, like fever. I was like a little bit of fever. I was like okay, and then the next day, project, projectile vomiting. Really? Like, I literally got super... I all I got up, I took my Chantix, I took some vitamin C, I drank water, and I felt started feeling nauseous. I was like, Mom, I'm, I'm nauseous. She's like, here, eat these crackers. Like, help you feel better. I ate two and a half crackers, and that was it. It was, like, in the bathroom. <laughs> now, was this before or after you decided to quit smoking? This is during. Oh, this is the process. And then... <coughs> <clears throat> well, I was taking my, I start, uh, you have to take the Chantex for a while. I've been taking it for a while. You smoke while you take it at first for like eight days. Right. Then the next day, my stomach, I had stomach troubles. I'll just say that. It was horrifying. Then the next day, I had a really high fever. And then today, I woke up again with a sore throat. I'm like, I don't understand this. This is like the weirdest cold ever. Yeah, now I got it. So it sounds like the flu more than the cold. Well, whatever it was, it's weird. It was weird. Like, usually, you know, you have your symptoms that one time and they go away. Right. Well, I get a new symptom every day and then one goes away. So I don't understand it. Um, you also posted something on Facebook um, about somebody. Now, is there a possibility that somebody might be listening to this podcast? Because curiosity is killing me. I really want to know about your post. Um, I wish she was listening to the podcast because then she'd know how irritated I am with her. But Okay, so let's let's take it from the top. That was just, there's this girl, and I'm not going to say her name, but she bugs the holy living shit out of me because every day she has a new boyfriend, and she has to tell me about how much in love they are. 
and then tell and like I'll literally sit there and like listen to her talk to these guys and tell them, oh, you're gonna marry this. They've known each other for like two days. You're gonna marry me. You're gonna propose. Guys do not like to hear shit like that. Mm-mm. And then guess what? A they week, run off. A week later. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not talking to this person anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to stay single next day. <laughs> I got a boyfriend. Because she'll say, I kind of have a boyfriend. I'm, I'll tell people, like, apparently he doesn't know he's her <laughs> boyfriend yet. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just can't do it anymore. Like, it irritates the whole living shit out of me every day. Known this girl since May, and she's had, like, 20 boyfriends. That they probably didn't even know they were her boyfriend. She's psychotic, and she's obsessed, and she just needs to stop. Wow. <sighs> the end. <laughs> so why did you have to go to school on Sunday? No. Oh, you were just Oh, talk- it's because uh, one of my, my friends, uh, she moved to San Francisco, and she gives her a ride home. Well, she moved to San Francisco, so who's left to give her the ride home? Me. Oh, really? Because she lives right there by uh, Burger King. Oh, right up here? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So I'm just like, I have to go to school tomorrow, and she's going to... And she does this shit. She won't talk to you all day. And then 15 minutes before school ends, can I get a ride with you? And that pisses me off, too. You're not going to talk to me all day, and then you're going to come up to me and ask for a ride at the end of the day? Yeah. Fucking get a car. Get a license. Shouldn't have had DUI. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, that's why she can't get a license. Fucking people. Well, are you ready for Christmas? I guess. You got a Christmas list? You getting something... No. Swift kick in the ass. I got a box to put my stuff in for school. Okay. That 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 is the married Christmas life. Just to let you know. And he got me something. I don't know what it is yet. I got him all kind. Okay, we went to freaking Walmart to go Christmas shopping because right? I have a little bit of money. Uh huh. And. I go in there and like I know who I gotta buy for what and like I just figure out pick out stuff. When I we were in there for an hour and a half, by the time I got in line to leave, he was still looking for me something. I was like, "Is it that freaking hard to find me something?" I was like trying not to show her what I was gonna get her because I didn't want to get in line when she was in line because then that would but be even right. that even at that when I left like he when yeah I got when I into- when I got in line uh-huh. there was ten people ahead of me and literally they they people were cutting. No, there was like 30 people that's in not line. what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like when I went to get into line to check out, he didn't have anything in his hand. He was like, he didn't. And it took him forever. I was like, I will never take him shopping by himself again because he takes forever to pick out something. That's a guy thing. I guess. It takes forever for me. Well, it's like a combination of that. And like I knew what I was going to get her, but I was trying to look for other things. And every other thing that I was looking at was, like, for little kids or teenagers. Like, who the... F- a grown woman, to me, doesn't need to fucking have a shitty little fucking makeup brush with, a like, a hairbrush and some fucking $2 eyeshadow and fucking... <laughs> no. Uh, to me, that's, like, retarded. Well, I didn't want that anyway, but... Exactly. Still. Uh, I still gotta shop. I gotta do... I gotta shop. That's all I can say. Um, all right. Well, I figured since this is Christmas time and our whole skit is about weird stuff. So I was doing some searching on Huffington Post because that's where we put most of our content from. Mm. Um, you know, just interesting things about Christmas. And I think I have enough content to fill 
if we wanted to go three hours, I think we could have enough content and still have some leftovers. There's a lot of shit in there. Before you start, I got I got to talk about Kanye really fast. Okay, go for it. So I came across this article. This is Kanye West, by the way. Yeah. Okay, go for it. Came across. Let me see your phone. Can I see your phone or something? I don't have my phone on me. What is that? What's? Well, are you gonna look it up? Yeah. Well, I I wanted to like kind of because I don't know by heart. But anyways, so I came across the article, and it basically says that Kanye, that well, this police officer who's like an internet sensation, wrote Kanye West a letter. Kanye West. Look, Kanye West, a letter. Right. And I was like, okay, so I'm reading it. And basically Kanye was talking in an interview about how he he said, I believe. Oh, it's on the, the router. I don't have it. I believe he said something along the lines of like, you know, uh, being a celebrity on stage is hard. And I put myself in danger all the time. It's kind of like being a police officer, being in a war or something. Really? Yeah, he was trying to portray his job as being, being as dangerous as being in being yeah. a freaking military. What person. he what he almost what exactly he said was Oh yeah, it's it's tough being a celebrity cuz he was on stage uh being on this this mountain that lifted him on the stage yeah. and he said, you know, it's tough being a He could have he could have fallen off. He could have fallen off and died and he didn't he wouldn't know how people would react to that. I would have cheered. Right? So this guy basically writes him a letter, and he's like, it's really funny. I wish I could read it. But what does the guy say? It's on the Huffington Post, I believe, actually. No. No? That's not where I found it. Maybe it is. Check. Okay, and what is the... What's the article name? I don't remember. I found it on Facebook. It's uh, Kanye. Kanye West. How do you spell that? C or K? A. Y-N-E. West. Okay, folks, we're just checking this out real fast here. Sorry, but it's, I think it's it's pretty funny. The first part's pretty funny. I laughed through the whole thing. I was making tamales and messing shit up. <laughs> you made tamales? He warmed them. Yeah. Well, Me I... and Ma made tamales. <laughs> he warmed the tamales. Let's see. I don't want to look at another tamale for a while, man. I'm sick. Ugh. Well, you ate about two dozen of them. But you have to try and make sure they're done. You got to test them to make sure they're not poisonous. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Did you find it? <coughs> I think so. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm still. I'm actually still getting over bronchitis. Oh, okay. That's why I'm like hawking and lugian and lugian. So is it? Police Chief David Oliver lays yes. down the law on. Yeah. That's it. Kanye West. <clears throat> We're getting into that voice now. All right, kids, sit back. Here we go. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, okay, seriously. A small-town American police chief opens a letter to rapper Kanye West has gone viral in which the chief labels the star as ignorant and suggest he should abandon his career as a musician and join the military. Does it have the actual letter? Oh, yes, it does. Yeah, it gets the letter. It's the best part. Okay. It says, Dear Kanye West, I am honored to be writing such an important star. 
I am a mere internet sensation. I am not sure I am worthy to address you, although the Huffington Post said did say I was humorous and insanely popular. I don't pay much attention to those things. Anyway, please excuse my interference in your life for a quick second. I, I read your interview and also watched it on, on video. You said, and this is quote from Kanye, I'm, uh, I'm just giving of my body on the stage and, and putting my life at risk, literally. And uh, I, I think about it. I think about it, my family, and I, I'm like, wow, this, I do a pretty good Kanye, don't I? <laughs> this is, th this is like being a police officer or something in war or something. I want to thank you for putting your life on the line for all of us every day. I know that being a rapper is tough work. I have tried to rap, and it is very difficult to keep up with the pulse of the rhyme flow. <laughs> Although, when Ice Ice Baby comes on the radio, I can usually keep up with old vanilla. Anywho, your job is just, <clears throat> is just some very dangerous work. Most people don't consider if you're a rapper really fast, or if you rap really fast without a chance to inhale... You could pass out and hit your head. <laughs> that's classic. Is there more? Yeah, that's all it has. Yeah. It goes into, there's another, there's another half to it. Let's see if I can find it. Okay, let's see. The second half, uh, which says the, the last paragraph was covered in sarcasm. It says, I am letting you know. Just so you don't, or you do not think I agree with your very ignorant assessment of your career, and in parentheses it says, or any other performer, as it relates to a person in the military or a police officer's service. You, sir, are a misguided as they come. <clears throat> I, let's see, I do have a suggestion for you. Since you are accustomed to danger... From your life as an international rapper, I strongly encourage you immediately abandon the career as a superstar and join the military. After joining, I would like you to volunteer to deploy to Afghanistan or one of the numerous other forward locations where our men and women are currently serving. When, when the Taliban starts <laughs> shooting at you, per, perhaps you could stand up and let the words flow it could be something like, I'm Kanye West wearing a flank jacket. I'm sure they would just drop their weapons and surrender. You could... <laughs> Hold on. Are you listening to this or do you need me? Okay. <clears throat> you could quite possibly end all wars just from the enemies being starstruck. That, let's see. Is, oh, yes, there's more. Your line of thinking is part of the problem in the world today, which includes entertainers, entertainers thinking they are something more than just entertainers. I know it's, it is supply and demand, and the demand for your service is high. I get economics. What I do not get is you ever comparing what you do for a living to our heroic military members 
who are always in harm's way, and my brother and sister's police officers who have to go to work carrying weapons and wearing a bulletproof vest to protect themselves. Check yourself before you wreck yourself, Chief Oliver. That's classic. Right. right. <laughs> I like the whole put down your weapon and rap and you'll, <laughs> you'll end all wars. Get up there. I, I'm a creative. I, I'm a creative genius. I, I'm Kanye. I, I'm a creative. He's an genius. idiot. <laughs> oh my gosh. <clears throat> that just it, it boggles a person's mind. What? You know, okay, fine, you, you could possibly fall off. But chances are there's he was probably strapped to some type of gear to be secure, you know? Even at that, comparing yourself to being a freaking cop or like, Yeah, but I mean that's that that's what I was getting to is that that was a one time thing. Yeah. The cop or especially in military, there is it's not just a one time thing. It's it's, it's a second. Yeah. Every second there's possible danger that you could in uh, I don't get. Oh. <clears throat> I say we just get rid of him. Get rid of his I, I say we everybody in America should volunteer to ship him out to Afghanistan. I'm serious. Get rid of the I don't problem. know how he has fans. Me neither. I really I don't. don't. He's so ignorant. Well people there's people that are more ignorant than he is. So. And those are the people that listen to him. It, I don't know. It's unbelievable. Let's get into some fun stuff. All right. Okay, the old school song, The Twelve Days of Christmas My True Love Brung to Me. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody got bored. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, how much would that shit cost in today's world? So, if you were to go and buy all 12 gifts, right, mm-hmm. starting with uh, a, partridge and a, and a partridge and a pear tree, mm-hmm. and ending one partridge and a pear tree, and ending with 12 drummers drumming, so, you know, just quite a few, in today's market, it would cost you, take a guess. Over a million dollars. No, not that much. Uh, close? No. 100,000. Really close. 99. No, up. 120, 110, I don't know. Aaron? 150? No. $107,300. How the hell are you going to be like, I'm trying to find somebody. I need, I need a eight maids of milking. How, how much would that cost me? I'm glad you asked because I actually have the breakdown. Oh, my God. And, of course, this it, this comes from the Huffington Post. It says, prices of items in the Christmas carol, 12 days of Christmas, according to the PNC Wealth Management. A partridge, 15 bucks. 15 bucks, little man. Put that shit in, in my, my hand. hand. And, it was, and if you don't <laughs> pay. If that money doesn't show, then you, then owe, you owe me, me owe me, owe. My jungle love. Owe, owe, owe. Okay. Next. Now, this is what surprised me. How much me. is the pear tree? $15. No, partridge is $15. How much is the pear tree? Take a guess. $10. $189.99. For what kind of pear tree? One that's full grown and already bearing pears? <coughs> I guess so. Because uh, I bought a pear tree that Aaron let die, and that only cost me $12. It's still alive. I water it. 
No, that's not a parachute outside. The one on the porch is a parachute of the day. Oh, okay. But according to this, according to the PNC Wealth Management, a pear tree is one hundred and eighty nine ninety nine. So maybe a full grown. Probably like a well, not full grown, but a right. a large one. Then you have two turtle doves, and that is a total total price of a hundred and twenty five dollars. Then you get to three French hens. $165. Then you have four calling birds, which in parentheses says canaries. So for four canaries, how much do you think that's going to cost? I was like, $200. Fuck. How much? $200. Higher. 400 Higher. I don't know where they're buying what? their birds and shit from, but they're buying it from the rich people's stores because you can get canaries from like PetSmart for like $50 a piece. According to this, four canaries is five hundred and nineteen dollars and ninety six cents. That's outrageous. What are they charging one hundred and five dollars per canary? Per canary? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. I was seeing if it had broke it down, but it doesn't break it down that far. Five golden rings. Now this is the number that really surprised me. Yes, five golden rings. How much did the five golden rings cost? $500. Close. Up or down? Uh, take take half of 500 plus 500. 750. $750. Now, I want to know where you can go get seven or five golden rings, real golden rings. Well, the price of gold is down right now. Oh, is it? Yeah. I think silver is higher than gold now, isn't it? No. No? No. They're close. But it's, it went down because uh, mom tried to sell it. My dad's huge gold bracelet, and they, only, they said it's only worth like six hundred. Well, the actual gold itself is only worth like six hundred dollars. Really? Yeah. Did you know if you're buying rings that they're going to charge you the what the ring the gold value is plus whatever they want to charge you? So that seems fair, like seven fifty. Right. Um. Let's see. Six geese laying. Three hundred dollars. Two ten. Oh wow! Geese are cheaper than canaries. Okay. Okay. You ready for this one? Yeah. Seven swans a swimming. Sit back. Thank you. Sorry. Seven swans a swimming. Thousand dollars per swan. Per swan. Damn. Seven thousand dollars. Or you could like go to like a park and steal a swan (laughs) and just take it home. I see them everywhere. Just take breadcrumbs and lead them to your car. For reals. Okay. Eight maids a milking. This is one I want to know. <laughs> How do you hire me? Like, you're a maid, right? How much would you charge me to, to milk my cow? 58 bucks. Was that for an hour? <laughs> I don't know. It just says $58. Per person or altogether? Total for eight maids a milking is 58 bucks. That's not even minimum wage. Uh-uh. Hi, Jay. Yeah, it's late. It's 11 o'clock. You know, he podcasted. I know. I read the thing. Okay, nine ladies dancing per performance. $100. $6,294. Per performance? Per performance. What are they, like professional strippers? I, that's what I'm thinking. And then you have, do you remember the next one? Uh, Ten lords, lords are leaping. leaping. Let's see. 
and that is now you always say you always hear men would make more than women but according to this this isn't true I'll give you a hint according to this 10 lords are leaping which this is per performance mm-hmm. is $4,767 so maybe they're I, like they know, maybe they're talking like ballet dancers that's what I was going to say because ballet dancers make a lot of money <clears throat> Eleven pipers piping per performance. Now you really gotta sit and think about that one. What I mean, is it like a flute or bagpipes? Yeah. They they don't really specify. But for eleven of them, them fuckers are cheap at two thousand five hundred and sixty two dollars. And then finally twelve drummers drumming per performance. Is thousand? How much? Ten thousand? Ten? Yeah. Two thousand seven hundred and seventy six dollars. Oh, okay. So and that all um, Well it couldn't be ten thousand duh because it's only a hundred and something thousand. But... Right. So yeah, and that adds up to one hundred and seven thousand three hundred dollars. So, if you've ever ever wanted to know how much it would cost to make the twelve days of 12, Christmas, yeah, twelve Can days. Can you imagine Christmas. being like a rich person and falling in love with somebody? The person would probably be creeped out, be like, "What is this?" <laughs> they come every day, and it's not day of Christmas, and then they give them the present, and they're like, and how, "What would you do with like the milking, the maid's milk?" I still don't, I still can't get over this one because that one always was weird to me. Yeah, like, why would you want a present of eight maids milking cows, even back in the day? I don't know. Thanks for the maids and milk. I, I, <laughs> I mean, to be completely truthful with you, my my mind goes to a very dirty place. But... Right. <laughs> uh, my my mind has been there since we very first. I'm like, I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, are they really maids or are they just pregnant maids? <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. Ah. Uh... <laughs> okay, our next That'd be something you get your husband Just saying <laughs> Oh, yes This is a good one Are you ready for this? Yes Okay, let's click on it And as soon as I click on it I'll give you the title to the the actual Because i got to set it up for screen So I'm not tied away <clears throat> It says Monks Fight at Church of the Nativity, birthplace of Jesus. No? Not, you're not feeling it? I'm, I'm confused. Weirded out. Monks fighting. At, monks fight at the birthplace? Wait, what? Yeah. At the at the birthplace of Jesus? They think yeah. that's the birthplace? Or yeah, they, they... they believe it. Okay, I'll give you the title one more time. It says, Monks fight at Church of the Nativity. Birthplace of Jesus. So they built a church of where they think that... Jesus was born. Yeah. What country is this in? Bethlehem? Israel, yeah. They have monks in Israel? We're about to find out. Bethlehem, West Bank. And this is from the Associated Press. The annual cleaning of one of Christianity's holiest churches decorated into a... Brawl between rival clergy Wednesday, 
A dozen of monks feuding over sacred space at the Church of the Nativity battled each other with brooms until police intervened. Sounds kind of like Harry Potter. (laughs) The ancient church built on the traditional site of Jesus' birthplace in Bethlehem is shared by three Christian denominations. Roman Catholics, Armenians, it's A-R-M-E-N-I-A-N, Armenians, yeah, okay, and then the Greek Orthodox. Wednesday's fight erupted between the Greek and the Armenian clergy, which both sides... They have monks for that? I guess so. When I think of monks, I think of, like, Buddhism. I don't think of, like, the Catholic monks, because I don't don't think they even have those anymore. I, I, I don't know. I, I would think that they would have them. Just like well, apparently they, they have do. monasteries everywhere. Yeah, but I don't know. But I just, I didn't realize Armenians were a religion. Me neither. Me neither. They were like a race or they something. They are a race. They are a race. But how would I don't know? That's weird. So all three of them share that church. Yes. It's so weird. Wednesday night's fight. That that sounds like uh, HBO or not HBO, but Showtime. Showtime does that. Let's get ready to rumble. Welcome to Wednesday night fights. In this corner, the Orthodox, and in this corner, the Armenians. Sorry, with their brooms. With their brooms, yes. A fight to the death. <clears throat> I don't even consider that fighting. It's like bickering. What are you going to do with a broom? You I don't know. rape well, each other with it. But... I, I was going to say, you, see, with that, my mind goes to Dark Knight um, Returns, where Joker sets up, and he's, he takes the pull cue and bricks it. He's like, we're going to have trials. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Okay, the ancient church built on the traditional site of Beth, uh, Jesus' birth in Bethlehem. I already read that. Wednesday night's fights erupted between the Greek and the Armenian clergy, with both sides accusing each other of encroaching on, hold on, let me go down to the next page, parts of the church to which they lay claim. That just, I don't know. I mean, that just seems really weird. And why aren't the Americans on this? I know. Why don't they have a part of the church? After, just, after you after you broadcast this, there's gonna be like twenty people going forth to get part of the church. They're basically in their own little corner having their <laughs> services. The monks were tidying up the church. Now, this okay. You're let's see what you're Greek Roman, you're Armenian. I'm Orthodox, right? We're cleaning. We're all cleaning the church. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's it's Christmas. I'll, I'll go and I'll sweep your corner for you. <laughs> and then you're like, you fat fuck, you on my corner. You take my broom. And I'm like, oh, you know, and that's, and that's how it starts. Maybe. <clears throat> like, I don't want you stepping on my corner of the church, putting your disgusting, filthy body over here. My side is sacred. I don't know why I have this accent. Because <laughs> you think you're Italian, apparently. <laughs> Well, I think, Mario, <laughs> you think of Roman Catholic. Yeah, I think of... Obviously, you're going to think of Italians. We need to save the Princess Luigi. He <laughs> 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 he's Mario. Uh, <clears throat> All right, let's see. 
The monks were tidying up the church ahead of the Orthodox Christmas celebration in early January, following celebration by Western Christmas on December 25th. The fight erupted between monks along the border of the respected areas. Some shouts and hurtled brooms. Oh, so they didn't even, like, hit each other. They're like, you know. He's in his javelins yeah. and shit. <laughs> Fucking Olympic status. Like, hey, you mess with my side. Fucking brooms through the ear. <coughs> Get some straw from the fucking bristles stuck in somebody's eye. I was going to say, I was like, Bruno, bring me the knife so I can sharpen the edge of this broom. Then we'll show them who's boss. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that. <clears throat> okay, and the, the this is the funny part. Okay, so you've got three denominations. The Palestine security forces rushed in to break up the melee. So you have three Christian groups fighting. The Palestinians come in. (laughs) And the The Palestinians are the ones that have to come in and break up the brawl. Yeah. They all turn on the Palestinian, apparently. (laughs) Oh, oh, I love this one. Um, No serious injuries were reported. Well, no shit. They're throwing brooms at each other. A Palestinian police spokesman would not immediately comment. A fragile status quo governs relations among the demonstrations at the ancient church, and to repair or clean a part of the structure is to own it, according to the acceptance practice. That means that letting others clean part of the church could allow one to gain ground. Uh, yeah. Okay, I get it. Similar fights have taken place during the same late December cleaning efforts in the past. Tension between rival clergy at the church have been a fact of life there for centuries. Oh, that's starting to sound like a movie, you know. Oh, God, here it goes again with another movie. (laughs) No, 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 like a movie trailer. Coming this summer... Tensions between rival clergy at a church have been, in fact, a lifelong century battle and have often been caught up in international politics. Steven Seagal is the Christmas monk. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want any more Steven Seagal's. Uh, let's see. In the 1800s, fractions between demonstrations at the church, each backed by foreign powers, became so fraught that Russian Tsar Nicholas I deployed troops along. Um, let's see, along the threatened Turkish Sultan, who had been favoring the Catholics over the Orthodox. Uh, let's see. Those disagreements threatened the integrity of the church itself, which was originally built 1,500 years ago, and parts of which have fallen unto despair. Although the roof ha- has needed urgent work for decades, and leaking rainwater has ruined much of the priceless artwork inside, a renovation has been delayed all these years by disagreements among demonstrators over who would pay. <clears throat> the only recently, the Palestinians' authority broke into the agreement to move ahead with replacing the roof, and officials hope to work will begin in 2014. Now, that just seems weird. I mean, to be honest with you, 
because the Palestinians are the bad guys. Okay. They hate. They hate uh, everything. Well, they they hate the Jews. You you know the Israelites, Mm -hmm. and to say, oh, okay, you know. I'd be like, okay, shalom. We'll they're the ones that go in there and like do suicide bombings and stuff. Mm. But they're saying, eh, we'll take care of it. Don't worry. <clears throat> the bombs in the rooms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Let's what again? I break it up. Let's see. And it goes boom. I'm looking at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Word. Uh oh, ooh. 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 I don't know what's happening, but it's his eight maids of milking. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that vein in his forehead. It's freaking me out, man. in his mind. He's like, mm. <laughs> Okay, deep breath. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yeah. <clears throat> Goats flee nativity scene still on the lamb. Ooh. Ooh. So goats flee a, a nativity scene. Uh huh. And they're still on the lamb. Yeah. You get it, goats. I lamb. get the pun, but I don't understand why that's news. <laughs> Uh, Fergus Fall, Minnesota. A goat that apparently didn't want to be part of the Minnesota nativity scene has headed for greener pastures. The three-year-old goat was supposed to have a supporting role in the Bethlehem Church in Fergus Falls. Instead, it escaped its leash Saturday afternoon and remained on the lamb Monday. The goat's owner is Jim Arke. A A K R E R K, Parque, Parque, of rural underwood, underwood, fuck, underwood, not underwear, underwood. <clears throat> he says he tried to chase it for about two hours, but the lack of the lack of snow made the tracking difficult. The wayward goat has been spotted several times since it escaped. But police haven't been able to collar it. Why is this news? It's a freaking goat. Like, so I'm so interested in this goat. Goats eat anything. It probably ate the collar. Uh, let's see. Ferguson Falls Journal report says uh, Acker and his wife also provided llamas and two puppies for the service. The end. The end. What the hell? <laughs> this is in a small town because anything. I farted the other day. <laughs> I'm getting coffee for breakfast. <laughs> okay, you didn't like that one, huh? Okay, let's see. I just think it's funny they made they made a news story out of that. <clears throat> so let's see if you. <laughs> It we're at 2013 still, right? Mm-hmm. And if you made a ch- uh, 
a fruitcake from 1941. That means it's 72 years old. Yes. A 72-year-old fruitcake. Okay? Mm-hmm. Remember World War II cake. What's that? <laughs> I said it's a World War II cake. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Here we go. So now the title. I'm going to hit you with it. Nineteen ninety one fruitcake in Ohio sells for nineteen ninety one or forty one? Forty one. He said ninety one. Oh. Nineteen forty one. Fruitcake in Ohio. in Ohio sells for twenty thousand. No, no, not that much. Five thousand. No. It's not even in the thousands. A hundred. Five hundred dollars. Ooh. Ding 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 ding. You've got the closest. $525 for a 72-year-old fruitcake. Well, you have to realize the reason I said, like, a lot of money is because I always look at these things on eBay or people sit, like, buy the most retarded stuff. Uh-huh. Like, oh, buy this haunted mirror for $100,000. <laughs> they freaking sold that, that uh, Virgin Mary grilled cheese for, like, hundred k. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I've been, a, I've been it, trying to replicate. I read about Je- something that had Jesus on it that they sold for like fifty k or something. I've been trying to replicate that for years, but it just won't work. They sell them now. Oh, I know. They sell the grilled cheese makers that have that. Okay, you ready? <clears throat> Cincinnati, a nineteen forty one fruitcake has been sold for five hundred twenty five dollars to an Arizona man in an Ohio company's. Online auction. Are they going to eat it? And the money will go to the homeless in southwest Ohio. Elite Estate Group sold the cake in the auction on its website. The company owner, Larry Chen's... Chen... 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 God damn it, I got it. Chen... Larry Chen... Says the man who wanted to remain anonymous, yeah, well, yeah, I would want to too, probably bought the cake as an investment. Cheney says he doubts anyone would eat a 70-year-old fruitcake even though it it was uh, vacuum-packed and contained rum that probably helped preserve it. Probably for the first, I don't know. 50 years? Maybe. The cake was made in 1941 by the Kroger Company. It was returned unopened to the Kroger store in 1971. The manager took it home and kept it until... Wait a minute. They let somebody <laughs> take back a cake yeah. 20 year, 30 years later and return it. I guess he had the receipt. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You want me to read it again? Well, yes. The cake was made... In 1941, by the Kroger Company, okay. it was returned unopened to a Kroger store in 1971. What the fuck? Why would they? Can you imagine like having something from like the, even the 80s and going to going to Food Fest and being like, "Can I return this?" They're gonna be like, "No, you still." <laughs> yeah, we don't even sell that anymore. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, I can't believe they let them. Re- they probably that was banned no, 20 years was, ago. It was, probably, it was probably the manager at the front, and he's probably like, "Ooh." Like, I mean, I can make money off of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. But why did they, why did the person want to return it 30 years later? 
they put like arsenic in it with the freaking <laughs> syringe or something? For reals. It says the manager took it home and kept it until recently when his son was helping him get rid of some stuff and gave the cake to Cheney. <clears throat> and that's it. That's that's all it gave me. I'm still I'm still not wrapping my mind around this. Why would you return a cake after you bought it? Like were they old and like maybe I can make some money off of this to bury my husband? I'm sure what did the cake probably cost? A dollar? <clears throat> oh, easily. Back then? In the forties? A dollar. Strange story. Yeah, I told you I had some good stuff. Okay, let's see. Let's do 25 weird Christmas facts. That sound good? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Let me just load it up here. Okay. No, this isn't the show about the woman who was found with a pot pipe in her vagina. I'm going to go here. That's what that thing popped up on the screen. Oh. It says, gelled woman found with pot pipe in her vagina. Okay, here we go. 25 weird Christmas facts. Okay. Uh, You're probably not surprised to know that Forbes once declared Santa the world's richest man. But many people don't realize that the manager, the manager where Jesus was born was... Manger. Or uh, Major. Manger. Manger. Sorry. Because it's still, it's spelled the same as manager. Yeah. Where, where Jesus was born was actually a cave. Those are just a few facts about Christmas that not everybody knows. Here are 23 more. Okay. So now I'm going to have to go to... The FW.com to get the whole scoop. <clears throat> this is actually, if anybody wants to follow along, you can go to the FW.com forward slash Christmas hyphen facts forward slash. Okay? That way we can all kind of go along with it. Let's see. Number one. Santa Claus's look wasn't created by Coca-Cola. Now, I, I hadn't heard anything about that. Had you? I had. They were trying to say that because you know how, like, the old Coca-Cola advertisements had, like, they've been doing the Santa Claus Coca-Cola advertisements for years. Yeah. Yeah, for decades. Decades. They were trying to say that they, like, <clears throat> fabricated how Santa looks, like the, the more modern Santa. Ah, okay. It says the Internet age has given... Rise to a lot of silly, unfounded rumors about everything from Walt Disney having his head frozen, which I believe, to Tommy Hilfinger proclaiming on television that he didn't want minorities wearing his clothes. Even Santa has fallen victim to this scam. Despite the fact that he's technically a non-profit, some have claimed that Coca-Cola's iconic portrait of Santa has shaped the way we describe him to children. In reality, he's actually more of an evolutionary figure whose look has been shaped by writers, artists, and even historians. Images of familiar bearded fat men in a red suit appeared in magazines, posters, and ads long before Coke's jolly portrait of old Saint Nick. I did not know that. I didn't know that there was a... You know, that they were saying that Coca-Cola. Yeah. 
they've had like fights about this for years. It's been like a worldwide controversy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it says number two, the New York Knickerbocker, the writer, not the baseball team, helped create the modern America Santa. You mean the basketball team? What did I say? Baseball. Oh, I can't read. If if yeah, we'll just leave it at that. The biggest influence on Santa's modern look and demeanor came more from the popular group of writers who drew inspirations of the uh, Espa, let's see, E-P-I-S-C-O-P-A-L-I-A-N. Saint. (laughs) The Knickerbockers of New York wanted to reintroduce Santa, or Saint Nick, to the society to provide a cultural counterweight for the commercial bustle and democratic misrule of early 19th century New York. Contributors to the St. Nicholas Project included legendary and legend of Sleepy Hollow author Washington Irvin, who wrote a Christmas story about giving and generosity for fictional Brace, Brace Bridge Hall series in which he describes Santa as a large man in a red suit smoking his favorite pipe. Claremont Clerk Moore, a contemporary of Irving's, was inspired by this depiction of Santa for his A Visit from St. Nick's poem, in which he also declares the traditional Santa we know today. That's interesting. So, Clement Clark Moore didn't want... Twas the night before Christmas published. Ah, that's I knew I knew that name from somewhere. That's where the the name comes from. It says, also known as a visit from Saint Nick, the famous Christmas poem that particularly invented the modern concept of Santa almost stayed in the drawer. Moore, a nineteenth century author and a class, classics professor wrote the poem for his family to celebrate Christmas in 1922, allegedly drawing inspiration from Santa from the pudgy Dutch driver who took his family on a sleigh ride. But Moore never intended for it to be made public. In fact, a close friend of Moore's actually sent the poem to the Sentinel newspaper, where it was published anonymously. The writer felt the poem was beneath his talents, and when it was published and became a huge hit, he denied authoring it for 15 years. It was evidently introduced, or no, I'm sorry, it was evidently included in an anthology of Moore's work, thanks to the urging of his kids. That's, okay, if, if you're that famous, I mean, Come on, it was tw- the night before Christmas. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it doesn't matter if you like it or not. If you have a gazillion people saying, oh, this is great, you're going to go with it. Yeah. You'd think. Okay. Did you know? This is number four fact. Santa didn't always have a beard. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Of course... Moore and company weren't responsible for reinventing or inventing Santa. 
just enhancing his image. According to the book, One Night Stands... Whoa, that, that, that sounded dirty. One Night Stands with American History, 17th century Dutch settler brought the jolly fat man to America's shores, and their image of Santa was tall, slender, and very dignified. Without his trademark, trademark beard, he was based on the traditional Dutch winter figure, uh, Sinterklaas. Sint, center class, center class, S I N T E R K A A S. Okay, that was interesting. Uh, kind of. Class. Not class, but class. Za. It sounds more like German. Yeah, it's Santa Claus. It's. Nah, never mind. <laughs> it's Santa Claus. Okay, number five. <laughs> no rads. Santa Tracker started from an error in newspaper ad. I don't want to read that. Santa's sleigh doesn't travel at the speed of light. Okay. Do we want to know? It teleports. Does it teleport? <clears throat> Despite what you might think about Santa's ability to visit everybody, every boy and girl's home in the world in one night, and if you're over the age of 10 and still scratching your head about it, you might want to evaluate your priorities. It is not an, as astrological of a feat as you might think. Technically, Santa would have 34 hours to complete this task Thanks to the international dateline, and according to the United States Department of Energy, his sleigh would have would have had to travel at least ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the speed of light, assuming he could visit eight hundred million houses over the entire surface area of the earth. All right. Santa has a real postal zip code. Did you know this? I do. You're going to get a kick out of it. Every year, post offices across America, Canada, and other parts of the world are flooded with letters from kids addressed to Santa Claus. The Canadian post office received so many that some postal workers started answering the letters. As the demand increased, the Postal Service set up a special zip code for Xana as part of the annual Santa Letter Writing Program, Literacy inter, um, in, Incentive. The zip code? You ready? Yeah. The zip code is H0H space H0 H. H. There's a zip code for it? Yes. That's ho, funny. ho. <clears throat> oh, wait. I said that, that. Damn it. That would have been funny. Oh, well. It's actually H0H0H0. I put too many, one too many H's. All right. So ho, ho, ho. Ho. Yes. Of course. <clears throat> Santa is the richest, world's richest man. Okay. I just want to see how that figures out. He may not be in the gift-giving business for the big bucks, but Santa still needs money to keep his operations rolling and to pay for the elves' dental plan. 
Those elf unions are ruthless. Thankfully, Santa's wealth surpasses even Scrooge McDuck's money bin. Forbes compiled a list of world's richest fictional characters, and St. Nick topped, topped it with a net worth of infinity. This beats the world's current net wealth holder and Mexican investor Carlos Sims, who only topped out at a, me- at a measly $74 billion. Yeah, that's it. No wonder Santa's so jolly. Uh, Donner and Blitzen weren't originally part of Santa's reindeer. We want to hear about that? Sure. Okay. The reindeer that takes Santa on his trip also underwent a rebranding through history. In the original draft, A Visit from St. Nicholas, Donner and Blitzen went by a far more clunkier moniker, Dunker and Blixum. Dunker and Blixum? Uh-huh. <clears throat> Do you know all the reindeer? No. Do you know all the reindeer? I used to. But... There's, um, let's see. Without cheating? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, uh... On Donner, on Blitzen, on Comet, on Cupid, on... Happy whatever. and Dopey No, and it's Dasher and Dancer oh. and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. And? Queer. And Rudolph, the most important reindeer of all. Thank you for setting me up. Number 10, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was created as a promotion for Montgomery Wards. Really? Wow. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Speaking of Rudolph, the most famous of Santa's reindeers came to life as part of a commercial promotion. His first appearance was in a story written in 1939 by ad copywriter Robert L. May that was published in a Montgomery Wards Department Store promotional booklet given out to children visiting Santa. How do you like that? Wow. And he became super famous. And they owned the rights. Here's a shocker. In fact, I think we might have actually talked about this before our last Christmas episode. Jesus Christ wasn't born on December 25th. Yeah. We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about it? We did, I think. I thought so. Okay, how about number 12? St. Nicholas is more than just a patron saint of children. The man who inspired Santa and practically the entire Christian holiday may portray the beauty of giving and helping children in need, but Catholics in the seven countries recognize him as much more than just the patron saint of kids. According to legend, the real St. Nicholas did such good deeds as giving money to men's daughters who could could avoid a life of prostitution and rescuing three children from a crazy butcher. The book Saints Preserved Encyclopedia of Relics also reveals that jolly old Saint Nick is also the patron saint of unmarried women, prisoners, thieves, and pawnbrokers. Apparently Santa's naughty or nice wasn't a bit more flexible back in the day. Wow. I would think he was. Uh, apparently, he was a pimp. <laughs> Number thirteen, Xmas does not remove Christ from Christmas. Many publications and ads like to print um, Xmas, 
to prevent them from scaring away non-Christian customers. But if they knew the true origin of the word, they'd probably opt for a full version and call it a day. According to From Adam Apple to Xmas, the essential vocabulary guide to politically correctness, the word Christianity was spelled X-A-I-N-I-T-Y originally uh, in the 1100s, which was symbolic for Christ. So X means Christ. X means Christ. I can see that. Okay. You hear my daughter. Uh, she's awake at 1134 at night. Hi, sir, as all can be. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? Because I'm actually running out of battery juice here. Okay, I got a half an hour left. That's what it says. That's not how much it's worth, though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like half an hour left. Let's see. Mayhem. Five minutes later. See, Massachusetts patrons actually banned Christmas by law. What? Cable news networks love to roll out stories about the never-ending war on Christmas uh, by showing how business and governments are trying to be politically correct by referring to the Christmas season as the holidays. But there was one group who nearly did th- that. The Grinch failed to accomplish. They stopped Christmas from coming. The early American Puritans of Massachusetts enacted a law of 1659 that made it illegal to celebrate Christmas. Since Puritans didn't believe it to be the true date of the Savior's birth, the law carried a punishment of five shillings. Shillings? Yeah. Getting switched? No, money. Yeah. Oh. Uh, let's see. Did you know Jingle Bells was written for Thanksgiving, not Christmas? Really? Yeah. Why? All right, let's go for it. It's hard to go more than five minutes without hearing a familiar tone of Jingle Bells running through your head during the month of December. The truth is that you should have been hearing it in November, according to the mental... Floss Magazine, that's mental, M-E-N-T-A-L, Floss, F-L-O-S-S, Magazine. Composer James Lord Pierpoint wrote the song in 1850s to play for his Boston Sunday School class during Thanksgiving as a way to commemorate the famed Medford Sleigh Race. There you go. The man who wrote the melody a night before a night before Christmas and oh holy night was Jewish. <clears throat> Mistletoe was once believed to be an aphrodisiac. <laughs> what? Okay, let's go with that one. Everyone hopes they'll be able to steal a kiss under the underneath the staple of the holiday flora. But some hoped it would help them get a whole lot more. The poisonous fruit-bearing plant has long been a they symbol. Trying to eat it? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh huh. Oh my god. Uh, a symbol of fertility and fertility. But the druids actually believed it worked as a physical aphrodisiac. The spirited use of the plant gathered during the winter solstice actually led to the kissing tradition that continues to make drunken office parties extremely awkward the world over. 
Okay, let's see. Buying 12 gift. Okay, that's we already covered that one. Uh, Kenny Kane's used to be pure white. Teddy Roosevelt banned Christmas trees at the White House. Do you care about that one? Did Did he order them to put giant teddy bears up instead? Uh, let's see. Today, the White House's annual Christmas tree lighting is a hollow tradition, but try telling that to Teddy Roosevelt, who didn't think the event was majestic. In fact, he found it so infatuating that he enacted a total ban on putting up a tree in the White House during his term. In fact, in 1902, Roosevelt's son Archie snuck his own Christmas tree into the house, which he hid in his closet. Was the 26th president a Scrooge? No, just an avid outdoorsman and controversialist conservative who found deforestation revolting. Jesus was actually born in a, a cave because the major was a cave. Next. Christmas was an official holiday in, in America until, you'll be surprised by this, Seventies. Which seventies? Right, eighteen seventy. You got that one. Good deal. And then finally, number twenty-five. Iceland has thirteen Santas, including one that kidnaps children. What? I heard about that. Actually, <laughs> there was a whole book on that. Really? Yes. Uh, it says, if you thought making children believe in one Santa Claus was hard enough, be thankful you don't live in Iceland. Their Christmas tradition has 13 Yuletide lads who either have presents or pull pranks on children during the 26-day holiday season as a reward or punishment for their behavior. For instance, Gaila is a horrifying old woman who kidnaps children on Christmas if they've been naughty. Though technically that really is more than a present for the parents. And that's it. That's pretty much everything. All right, let's just bring up the counter because I completely closed the counter. Oh yeah, we're we're good. So let's just go ahead and cut it right there and say Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> And for this week, I am David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Illich. And if you just don't celebrate Christmas, you're seeing red. Total red all through the show. And And everywhere else around because red is a Christmas color. Yes. We'll see you in what? 2014. No. uh, we'll, We'll be back December 30th. Right before we hit 2014. Okay. And we'll do our New Year's show. Okay. So we'll see you then. Good night. Good night. All right. I want to thank everybody for coming in and listening to this Christmas-themed episode of Flashback yep. Fridays. Um, you know, I, I, I wish that it was more feasible for your uncle and auntie to come and podcast with me because I really enjoyed podcasting and doing Scene Red. But Rebecca's at Las Vegas. Yes. She lives in Las Vegas now. And we live in shiny, sunny California. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids. Uh, 
that's it for this week. Come on back next week, and we will do it all over again. We pick three more shows from the Jaisal Modcast podcast archives and give you, hopefully, at least three hours of audio entertainment. So, for this week, I am David K. Montoya. Zoe Montoya. And come back again right here on Flashback Friday. Good job. Thank <laughs> you.